the grass mountain up behind like Clay's old house. All that stuff. I don't think I've ever been. I don't think I've ever been there. Cool country. Yeah, it's great. Awesome country. Yeah. It's like perfect country. Is that his first buck? Mm-hmm. He killed an antelope um, to the year before that. Gotcha. So it's his second animal. That's his first buck. Though. Yeah. Four point. I mean, can't go wrong. Yeah, great buck. That's no. what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk first buck, Let's, best buck, <laughs> the ones you, you, ones you screwed up on. That's a great little lead right there. That's because like we planned it, right? Yeah. I didn't plan that, by the way. Yeah, uh, I guess first and foremost, we should say we're missing we're missing Brady Miller today. Old Bradley J. Old Bradley J. Bradley J. gave he shot at me a text this morning yeah. and posted it up in Slack. Looks like he killed an he orcs. Killed. He did post it in Slack. I haven't seen it yet. I thought he did, I'm, didn't I'm he? check it right now. Did he? Did he? I, th- I thought I saw that. Showed I you how far behind I am. I couldn't remember if Slack. I saw it in a text message or if I saw it on uh, on Slack, but <laughs> it looks like he shot a broken horn oh, orcs. Yeah. There we go. He said two shots, 500 yards. Said he aced them both. That is the Brady I know. I Look how it. heavy he is on the base. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just cool animals, huh? The best, dude. You know I what also love, I love about love. Brady's uh, gripping grins? I don't see Brady smile that often. I got to thinking about it. When I see a <laughs> gripping grin of him, he's actually smile. Like, he's got that big, you know, Brady Miller smile. I think this is more the look I'm used to when it comes to Brady, you know? Yeah. It's like the half open, you know, he's got the mustache hanging. Yeah, the stoic, an, weird inch look. over his top yeah. lip. But, yeah, I actually don't remember seeing him just outright smile a lot. He's but a, man, he cheeses in his. Oh yeah, his gripping grins are cheese. Look at this smile. Which is good. I guess you should be happy, right? <laughs> yeah, can see every tooth in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, "Cool thing about it was that his dad was there, so him and his dad, his yeah. he and his dad are close, and so they both got to be there." And yeah, his dad, because their hunt, their hunt got pushed back a little bit because of uh, work and some other stuff, and the guy they were going down there with. But his dad got to hang out in the office for a couple of days. I love his dad. His dad. Yeah, I've stud. never spent any time with his dad. Oh, he's a stud. Seems like a cool guy. Loves to hunt. <laughs> Loves to hunt. He's such a stud. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. I told him we have to have barbecue because everybody says orcs taste the best. I'd love to taste. You ever it. had it? No, never. I haven't either. I've wanted to hunt him forever, but I've just never. Yeah. I don't know. I've like never really tried to figure it out. I've eaten odd but I've never eaten never eaten orcs. Everybody says orcs is the best. I'd love to. So I have to grill it up. Bring have Brady bring in some steaks. We'll do a barbecue. Sounds fantastic. Throw, throw it on the trigger. Wonder if he's gonna skull mount it. Oh, Brady has to mount everything. You know, Brady mounts. He all, does mount everything. He mounts everything. <laughs> That's where I would be in a tough position with like either skull mounting or shoulder mount because the cape is that's incredible a, yeah. but on the the skull mounts of those things look so good yeah we talked about this brady and i when we were in eugene we were flying back and i was like what are you gonna do with the thing you're gonna you're gonna euro it because that's what i would do i would euro it and then i would just rug the whole thing that would be cool that's because, a good way because to their it. hides are just so cool yeah they even get down on the socks like down on their ankles to get that break yep. in the pattern right yeah there. i would it's want awesome. the whole cape on that animal yeah because the chances of like ever killing one again are pretty slim i would probably think. not good yeah. Yeah. But he drew his first year. I guess he applied, so you never know. That's Brady, though. Yeah. That's the Brady Miller luck. <laughs> I need some of that luck in my I life, know. right? That's the way it goes for him. Uh, so we're going to have some promos before we get started today. Like I said, we let into it. We're going to, Renzo and I just, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, been watching a lot of hunt films just in the evenings, just kind of taking it in. I'm just excited for the hunts coming up, and I thought it'd be cool just to get the hype going, just to get excited and just talk about, you know, best buck, first buck, and just kind of the ones you screwed up on and just kind of do some hunting stories and just lessons learned from different hunts and just kind of pick your brain. You've killed a bunch of big animals. 
I've killed a, a few, but I, I thought we'd just talk about. Uh, it is kind of, it's like, it's that first week in August right now, the end of the first week in August. Yeah. It is kind of that time where everybody starts telling, you like kind of relive. Yeah, yeah, it's for weird. Sure. It's like you you tell stories right after the hunts, and then it seems like it always picks up about this time every year. Yeah. Like, oh man, I remember when I was in there and you start getting off on a story. It's like it all kind of circles back right now to the storytelling. Yeah, and just my level of excitement is just going up. And oh, but. It's, it's funny, I can watch a hunt film in December and it almost makes me feel a little bit depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I can watch a film right now. And get it's exactly up, the opposite yeah. effect. Yeah, I just I'm so into it right now. And then I I told you this morning I left Cedar and it's uh, I got a sweatshirt on obviously, but there's a little bit of snap in the air. Yeah, even in Vegas, we like, felt yeah we felt a bit of it this morning. Yeah, I just just rolled in and it wasn't like torch me, you know, yeah. when I got out of the truck. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be hot this afternoon, but in Vegas you always like you can kind of mm-hmm. feel it turning right in that first like the first part of the morning. Man, it's a good feeling. Yeah. I love that fall air. It's yeah. my favorite time of year when you got just a little bit of snap to it. Morning and evening. God, hunting, football. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so good. It's the best. So I'm going to hit you with promos first. We have a bunch of promos to run through real quick just because we've got a lot of cool things actually happening. Uh, I touched base with the marketing crew before I popped in today. I was just like, hey, what do we got rolling on? You know? Yeah. And then I was actually surprised at everything that we've got going on. So we've got the Go Hunt 10th birthday right now. So 10 years we've been we've been around. It's, it's crazy. Hard, is that hard to believe? It, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. We, we were doing this... Um, we're, we're doing a lot of stuff around it, obviously, right? Like it's 10 years is a big deal and we made it the 10 years. But uh, Omar was going around kind of asking all of us how he felt about 10 years. And he asked me the same question, does it feel like it? I said, man, when I think back at like everything we went through, like the stress, the the yeah. trying to get going, I mean, a real startup trying to make it, all that stuff, it feels like it's been 50 fucking years, literally. <laughs> but <Does> yes. <laughs> Really? Yes. My hair is I'm gray. balding and gray and my beard's gray. It's like that happened fast. But when I look back at like what we've accomplished in 10 years, no, it doesn't. Like it's kind of crazy to think mm-hmm. what we've done in 10 years. When I look at it that way, it does not feel like it. But when I think about uh, think about what it's done to my health and and all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been more than more than 10 years. Yeah, stressful, huh? Gosh dang! What do you think the percentage of a business that stick around more than? I mean, what what is the lifespan of? I think it's you know. I think it's less than. I can't remember. I think it's less than ten percent of startups make it. And then I think it's way less than that of a business making it ten years. Ten years. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, ten years, man. I think ten years. Like my my oldest kid would have been seven. Yeah, I think about that, and you that really puts it in perspective for me because you can see just the development in a person from yeah. where they are, from where they well, were when they were de- seven. Development because when this was started, I mean, I was still I was in my mid twenties. Like that is a young. Oh so yeah, you're a young. Just man. who I am now yeah. compared to then, it is so wild to think back on. Yeah, so you're so wild. Your twenties, it's like yeah, you're just trying to figure things out. And that's what, and then I and then I think about like, man, if I would have started it now. Now, obviously, with the same opportunities that were 10 years ago, because there's mm-hmm. obviously not the same opportunities today as there was 10 years ago. But like mentally, if I would have done it now, I we would have been further ahead. Just yeah. years, back then, I was so young, like yeah, naive, but you wouldn't trade young. It. No, I don't no, think you I get there. Trade. I don't think you get to the same spot. Maybe. I, yeah, I agree. I totally, totally agree. You got to be like, you got to be young and dumb that at exactly. 20. <laughs> that, actually, yeah, that's a very good point. Young and dumb, because then the. Uh, repercussions don't fully sink in when you're sure. that young. You're yeah, like, ah, oh, you, whatever. You, you learn lessons. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you learn a lesson differently, right? Now, kids, another one on the way, it's like, ooh, I, yeah. don't, know if, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> 
Well, let's hit you with promos. So right now, birthday bash, we got Vortex, 20% off all items. That sale's going to end on Friday. So if you listen to this, we're going to drop it on Thursday. So you basically got one full day through Friday this week. Uh, code birthday20, you get 20% off on any Vortex item. It includes binoscopes, and there's no warranty in the, better in the business than Vortex Optics. Agreed. I've always said, like, if you're going to spend, I, I probably answer this question once a day, I bet. What do you? What should I spend my money on? You know, I've got a weapon. I've got a tag. What's the next purchase? I always tell them optics because I just I genuinely believe that it's the best money that you can spend in hunting. Um, we've got Sitka Stone Glacier, Argali, and Kennetrack. You're going to get three times the points for members. It's a big one. Yep, that's a big one because those are, those are items that typically are. Rarely, Never on sale. Rarely on sale, especially yeah. when it comes to Stone Glacier or Ar- Argali. And Even. they're not on sale. We're just doing yeah, our, point, our points program. So it's uh, it's our birthday gift back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we wouldn't be 10 years old without the customer. Yeah. We give, so it's we, we really give their gifts. birthday. Yeah. You know it. what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Good Good point. Uh, so yeah, become a member. You get three times the points back. And if you guys aren't aware, we have this points program. If you're a Go Hunt Insider or a MAPS member, um, you know, one point one dollar. So any piece of gear you buy, a Stone Glacier backpack. You know, maybe it's six hundred bucks. We're gonna give you however many points, or yeah, a yeah, lot of points. A lot of points. At the three X, we're gonna triple that. Matter of fact, I might. I'm kind of rethinking. <laughs> <Are you> rethinking? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of points. <laughs> yep. And then we have another cool one. If you sign up for a membership, a Go Hunt Insider account, or Maps membership. Uh, we've, we've got some promo codes. So for insiders, if you decide to sign up for an insider account, you use the promo code podcast. Typically, we're going to give 50 points back, which is 50 bucks right now through the 18th of August. We're actually going to give you 100 points. So it's 100 points back. So if you join, you get $100 back that you can spend towards the, towards the Go Hunt gear shop. And then you add that with some of these other promos. It's a pretty killer time to actually sign up for an Mason, insider account. Mason wants to beat me up right now with all this stuff going yeah, on. Mason, Mason. Mason in finance is probably rolling over. He's somewhere. our he's our finance guy, and he wants to beat me up, which he could. He played O-line for Boise. He's a so big dude. How big is he? God, he's a big dude. He looks dude. like he's 6'5", 240. I know he, I know he lost 70-something pounds from when he played. Really? Yeah. He showed me a picture when he played. I mean, he's a big dude. Even today, 70 pounds down, he is a giant. No I mean, way. he's a big dude. Yeah, that guy's... Uh, I would, yeah, I would guess 6'4", 230, 240. Yeah. He's a big dude. And he's in finance. And he's in finance. <laughs> he's the muscle. And he doesn't give... He's not like a a warm and fuzzy kind of finance. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy that looks at he you and like, a lineman. okay. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, funny guy, Mason. Yeah, he's well, awesome. Let's uh, so let's jump in. We'll, yeah. we'll just kind of run through. We want to jump in and talk some hunting stories. So I think for me anyway, as I was driving down in the last couple of days, I've been thinking about it, but I wanted to ask you, what was your, let's let's cover first buck, first bull, yeah. those kind of stories. Do you remember how old you were? 12. You were 12? Yep. Really? It's an easy one for me to remember because... In Nevada, you have to be 12 to hunt. Gotcha. So I was waiting till I could hunt in those youth seasons. So you have to turn 12 this while the season is active. Mm-hmm. So you could be 11 turning 12, you know, to have the tag. And so I was turning 12 November 11th, and then the hunt was two days after that because I had the youth tag back then, and I was with my dad in Tonopah, Nevada. Did you grow? Did you? Did your dad always hunt? Always, like yeah. Like growing up, yeah. Like you guys always went hunting together. So yeah. So my my dad's dad. Art Sartini did not hunt. Okay. But his brother, Bill, which is my Uncle Heath's dad, who you know. Gotcha. So my Uncle Bill was a big time hunter. And my dad picked up hunting through his Uncle Bill. And then obviously 
my grandpa, my dad's dad started hunting just mm-hmm. as my dad picked it up with Bill and he kind of joined the group, but he did not grow up with his dad hunting, just his uncle. So that's where he got it from. Did your dad, does he remember? It'd be interesting to talk to your dad sometime. We see if we get him on the podcast. But we do, should. do you remember, like, did he talk about like big buck, big buck contests? Oh, Because yeah. they used to run those all. Oh, and that was yeah. a, it was a big thing in Vegas. It was a huge thing. And in Utah, too. Yeah, that, and you, back when he was hunting, the Ponsagon was an open tag. That's where right. they would go hunt. That's where my dad grew up hunting on, on the just pond. general. Everyone had a tag and they would all go to the ponds and they would do deer drives. And that's, that's how he grew up hunting was on the ponds. Did you ever beat brush as, I mean, as, on a deer drive? I never have. They didn't ever send you out. They're like, Hey, form a line. I, I, I was, so by the time I came around, my dad was so busy and everything going on. Like he didn't hunt as much as he did when he was in his, you know, late teenage years and twenties and all that. Um, but he, I mean, he would tell me stories. I've never done it. It sounds like a blast. Well, I, I remember, I remember, I remember, I don't ever remember, I'm trying to remember if I ever actually did it. I think I did, but I remember seeing like, you know, pickups with just piles of kids yeah. in the back, you yeah. know, all with orange and they would drop those guys off on a face on a ridge and then everybody else would run around hit those pinch points and then they would line out in a group and they would do deer drives and they so would they would push all the deer through there. All of my dad's hunting photos are mm-hmm. exactly what you just said. And he was one of the kids that was an all blaze orange. Yeah, yeah. And then his uncles and all of his uncle's friends, everybody would send all the kids in. And that's that's exactly what you're talking about. And there'd be ten bucks strung over a international scout. Remember yeah, those old oh, yeah, international for sure. scouts? Mm-hmm. And, you know, every year, every single one of those photos, every single year, there is just an absolute giant on the hood, yeah. like an absolute giant. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was probably one of the most common ways that we hunted deer out west that I think about it. I mean, you, you bought your tag general season, you went out, and that was kind of one of the things that everybody did was they went and did deer drives. I would have loved to have been a part of that. I'm trying to remember, Especially right? Especially on the ponds. Yeah. Can you imagine? I, how thick it is, too, and what's going to yeah. run out the other side. Like, you just, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the ponds, you'd have, it's crazy. Yeah. The other thing I remember about being young, kind of those first hunts, same kind of deal. And we'll, I want to hear more about yours. But I, one of the things was, like, the anticipation of what might be. Yeah. You know, like, what might happen, what you might kill or see, you know? Yeah. Because, like, you know, today, you got trail cameras. Everybody's got good optics. You know, everybody everybody hunts differently now. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody kind of posts up, they've got the glassing points and the good glass and everybody's spending hours and hours behind their glass, just picking apart a landscape. But that was, I think we missed, and, and all the bucks are named. I mean, mostly right yeah, now, right? Exactly. A lot of those big bucks, big bulls, they've got names. People have history with them. They've got sheds off of them. And I don't, I don't know that that's that way. Like you can't extrapolate that across the entire West, but there's definitely pockets or areas, states where it's more prevalent. Yeah. yeah. And I, I honestly think it's more prevalent than you would, really that, would think because only so few make it to be like the famous ones yeah but then obviously like all those other good bucks have their own little networks of people that know them and name them and watch them <laughs> on the winter range they just don't make it to be you know yeah, don't make it now famous ones the, the good ones don't make it now yeah and exactly. put it out there but yeah that was like one of the things i remember as a kid is just like the anticipation of what might happen you just oh, never know that still gets me though that's why i love hunting is the anticipation i still feel the same way yeah so you're 12 yeah and how did it happen? So, so my dad had, he was, he was really busy at the time. So he only hunted, you know, few and far between. And he had hunted Tonopah outside of Tonopah, 171, 172 area. Did you have to draw the tag at that time? I was youth. So youth. I was guaranteed. Oh, gotcha. But back then my dad would draw tags, but it was so easy to draw tags yeah. back then. I mean, but, especially in 17. Right. So 
he had hunted it a bunch and I had gone up with him before I was legally able to kill. Like I had been on, I think I went up there two or three years in a row before I could actually hunt myself. So my dad had been hunting it a bunch. It's fairly close to Vegas. Um, and he met a, met a friend in Vegas. His name's Nick Perchetti, who lives in Tonopah. He would split time between here and Tonopah. I can't remember what he was doing construction or some, something. My dad met him. And so they were, they would hunt together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he obviously knew the country. That was where he was born and raised, and he split time between Tonopah and here. Nick Perchetti is such, such a good guy. I run into him every so often now in my older age, and he's, he's just a stud still today. Still hunts? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, still hunts. Um, but anyways, I, so I'm going up there. We meet Nick Perchetti, and, uh, you know, I'm playing football. I'm playing sports. My birthday is November 11th, so it was always kind of the thing with my dad that we'd always try to plan hunting somewhere. Yep. Well, this time I finally had a tag for myself. And Do you I remember was, the rifle you used? Yeah, uh, 270 Two, Winchester. Yeah, 270 Winchester, yeah. like the walnut stock, yep, me black, too. weird-looking scope. I can't even remember what the scope was. Yeah, but I want to say mine was a red-filled, but... I, mine was a Winchester 270, um, heavy as can be, small, but heavy as can be. I was wearing a, a Nike beanie. <laughs> In a, in a, um, God, what's the, not real tree. What was, was the other? Mossy Oak. Mossy Oak jacket, mm-hmm. like a shitty jacket mm-hmm. and jeans. And, uh, we, we met Nick in Tonopah. We drove about two hours out of Tonopah and we started hiking up this ridge. And, uh, you know, it's my first year. No, none of us are expecting really anything. Do you remember the vehicle you had? We were driving to my dad's. He had a Ford, uh, uh, F-150, gotcha. like just a, just you know, a just a normal pickup. Yeah. That's where he was driving at the time for his hunting, his hunting vehicle. Um, and we, so we drove like, we met in Tonopah that night, woke up super early cause we had to drive out around the mountain range to the other side. And, uh, Nick's kind of taken us to one of his spots and I have an older brother so he had already been here two years previous to me with Nick Perchetti and my dad. Mm-hmm. So Nick, and my dad, both, my dad's been hunting this for however many years before Nick's born there. My brother hunted two years previous. So they kind of knew what they were getting. Is themselves. your brother with you as well? No, no, no. So Blake was not dad. with me. You and your dad and Nick. Yeah. Blake was, uh, in high school at the time, football, the whole thing. Um, so it's just me and my dad driving up, met Nick, slept at the, uh, that little casino. What's that? What's there's that little... <laughs> It's on the west side of the highway right there. It's just a little shitty thing, but it's awesome. Yeah. It's such a cool place. So we sleep there, wake up super early, drive around the other side, and we're hiking up. And I remember it so vividly, like as we're hiking up in the dark, headlamps on, we're, it's my first year. So we're all just talking like, oh, man, first one we see you're shooting. You better hope it's <laughs> any, at least before any, anything any buck goes. Will do. Like my brother's first buck was a little tiny two-point. Yeah. How it's, you know what most people would say how it's supposed to be at that point did you have expectations of like or are we any buck would do no i felt so cool i was holding a gun like (laughs) i that was i felt so cool that i had a gun in my hand and i was the one pulling the trigger and i'd been on so many hunts with my dad before and Mm -hmm. even my brother before um and so that's that's what we were we were just talking whatever we see you better hope this that you know kind of making fun of me i'm they're breaking me into becoming a new hunter like oh you're gonna shoot one smaller than your brother it's not gonna have two points yeah so anyways we get up on top of this mesa um about an hour and a half hike right as day's breaking and i remember nick saying oh there's a deer right there coming off that spring and there's a like this spring at the top of this mesa 
Um, and it was just kind of a straight up deal. I remember getting to the top, looking down and you could still see the truck, and like one of those kind of hikes. It's sagebrush PJ. Yeah. Sagebrush. You uh, got binos? Oak. No, no, I don't have, no, just, I have just shit. Go. Just the gun. And I felt <laughs> yeah. so cool. I wanted yeah. everyone to take pictures of me with that gun. Um, so we get to the top and I remembered Nick vividly. Oh, there's a deer coming off that spring right there. And he's like, holy shit. It's getting excited. And my dad got wildly excited, like wildly. My dad's not, you know, my dad, he yeah. doesn't get like overly excited all yeah. the time. Well, he got pretty, pretty, pretty even up. kill guy. I'm like, all right, let's kill it. They're like, no, 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 no. We got to, we got to figure this out. He's going into those. He's doing this. It's, so did you see the bug? No, I didn't have binos. Oh, I'm gotcha. just like, oh, where's, and, you know, where's yeah, the deer? Yeah. Where is he? And we're, I don't know, maybe four or 500 yards away. And they're like, we got to get this figured out. And I remember them being really stressed. And I don't know exactly what they said, but they were both really stressed. And <laughs> It's kind of a weird thing. You don't really know what's yeah, going on. I'm just, like, <laughs> I, I'm just excited yeah. to shoot my own deer. So I'm like mm-hmm. kind of trying to listen. Don't really know what's going on. Um, they're like, all right, we got we to gotta work down on him. I think he's in those, the, those oaks right there. I think that's that. Well, we worked down. I remember working down on him and then... Nick turned him up, bedded. He had went into that oak patch and, and bedded, never so came some out. Time had passed. Yeah, oh yeah. And he like kind of picked it apart. Now knowing knowing what I know now, I know exactly what he did. He was just kind of working the country back and forth, just trying to pick up. Is, mm-hmm. he, is he coming out? Is he staying in? The whole deal. And uh, he picked him up, picked up his horn in there. So we kind of worked worked around this little bowl to get a different angle, looking into this oak patch, and got my my gun down on a log, back of it on a backpack. She had a rest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I okay. was like, my dad benched me up. I was ready to go. My Are they dad, talking you through this the yeah. whole day? Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. They're setting you up. But I, what I, I don't remember super vivid like the setup. What I do remember vivid is looking through the scope, seeing his horn in the in the oak. He had he has real light, like real white horns. Even looking at him on my wall today, like it's just mm-hmm. real white. So I could see it pretty easy. And I remember my dad, and it it felt like every ten seconds. And it was probably more like every 10 minutes, but every 10 seconds it felt like he was going, get on the gun. Can you still see him? Can you still see him? Make sure you can see him. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting there like, I'm hungry. Where's my beef jerky? Yeah. Where's it? And I, and I vividly remember that, like eating snacks, drawn in the dirt. I remember drawn in the dirt. And you're waiting for the bug to stand yeah, up. Yeah, and I'm, I, but I don't know what's going on. Right. Them two know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And uh, I'm drawn in the dirt, eating Jolly Ranchers, and my dad's literally yelling at me. Make sure you can see him. Can you, is the gun still on him? Because he had me had that gun benched up. I'm like, yes. I don't. Why are you yelling yeah. at me? Yes, I can. St- I can still see him. Where's my Gatorade? Like, ask, <laughs> yeah. you know, stupid yeah. questions. So my dad's trying to manage me. Well, it, it a long time goes by. That that buck was bedded for hours and hours. And I remember there was a truck that was going down the dirt road. Remember I how I said when you hiked up, you could still see mm-hmm. the truck below us. There was a truck going down, and the sun was beating on it. And I, the, the flash in the windshield and the dust trail behind it was like very visible in the valley floor. And I remember that buck kind of like almost got up to kind of look over the crest to, to see mm-hmm. what was catching his eye down there. And my dad about jumped through his skin. Get on the gun, get on the gun, get on the gun. And he ended up not getting up, of course, but he was yelling at me. You got to make sure you can see him. You got to be faster than that. You got to make sure. So another, I don't know, half hour, hour goes by. The buck stands up, stretches, takes a piss. I, it's nothing to me. I don't think anything else. So I'm like slow getting on the gun. My yeah. dad's yelling at me. I shoot the deer and he was quartered away looking. We were on top of him and he was quartered away looking away. How and far could, do you think? 200 and some yards. Okay. I think it was 220 or 230. 
And he stood up looking away, and I shot him right through the top of his spine and just dropped him. And we go down to the buck, and my dad and, and Nick are ecstatic. Like I said, my dad isn't an overly excited guy. Yeah. And I remember, I still remember how excited my dad was because I just don't see that out of him very often. And I still don't think much of it. I'm like, oh, man, I just killed my first deer. Yeah. And they're like, you got to take more pictures. Take this. Now turn them this way. Turn them that way. I'm like, is this? I don't remember doing this with any of your deer. Right. With my, you know, with my yeah. dad. And anyways, we get them butchered up. We go down. It's getting dark. We're, we're um, coming off the mountain in the truck. like It was that long drive. Mm -hmm. So it was dark by the time we got back to Tonopah. We do, do you remember if you gutted him or quartered him? They quartered him. So you, you, it was you quartered up on top. Yeah, we had to. Okay. Did, did they? Do you remember if they gutted it? I don't remember if they gutted it. it. I'm sure they gutted it, though. Yeah. I'm almost positive they yeah. gutted it. Everyone did. Everybody did. It was the I first thing. Yeah, I never... I'm and trying. Uh, we got him down off the mountain, and I remember going to the gas station, and that's finally when it settled in. We pulled up Nick's truck to the gas station, and we were filling up. If day was over, but he needed fuel, and we were going back to the hotel, and it felt like the entire town showed up at the gas station, to look at this taking buck. pictures, all this stuff. And then that's when it started to settle in. Like, Did you know is, it was a big buck? This is, I did not know it was a big buck at all. At I had all. no clue it was a big deer. You're just like, it's just it a, was a deer. Just, just I knew it was your, bigger your, than my brother's. So I, knew I, was, I was curious because I, I knew I, I was going to talk shit to my brother. Yeah. That's really all I knew yeah. was bigger than his. Right. You know? One thing I wanted to ask you, because it's just something I've been thinking about with my first buck. Like, do you remember how you felt like walking up to it? Were you excited? Were you kind of beyond excited? Okay. I felt I, I had a, like a real sense of accomplishment that I did it, you know, and I can see it in my son right now too. He's very, he wants to do things and know he can do it. Mm -hmm. And he, he has a lot of my personality where it gets, it gets in my way a lot of the time where like I, I get so in my head of, I want to do it my own way mm -hmm. and know that I am capable of it gets in my way at work, gets in my way with my family. I just get this thing in my head where I want to know I'm capable. And I remember having that overwhelming feeling of like, yeah, I, I did that. Like I, I shot one I, just like my dad does. Right. I just shot that buck. Like this is mine, you know, like this is my deer. Do you, I'm curious, like you as a parent now, I mean, your turtle's still young. Yeah. You, get, you get another one on the way. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when, when turtle gets old enough and he decides if he wants to go hunting and you, you take him out hunting, like, do you feel... Do you kind of understand that excitement that your dad probably felt at that point? Oh, 100%. Because as you're talking and you're telling me like how excited you are for your dad and like how, I don't know if he was, I don't know if the word is stress, but he's, you know, he's amped up. Amped up. I mean, yeah. at that moment, like it's the biggest he, buck he had seen. Well, that and then, and then just like your kid's first buck. And I don't know how to explain that other than like you want it so bad for your kid yeah. worse than most animals I've ever shot on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted it so bad for yeah. my kid to be successful. So it's like. I don't know. That was one thing. Like as you were talking about your dad, and just like him telling you, like get yeah. on the gun and just so well, intense. I, I I'm like, it. I know this feeling. I get it with my friends. Like Porter yeah. last year for his 40th birthday, sure. I wanted him. I I wanted it so bad for him mm -hmm. to kill the biggest buck he had ever killed, and I I get amped up like that. I get kind of out of character because I'm not in control, mm -hmm. and I want it so bad for them because I I've been so fortunate and lucky to kill it like my very first year. Um, to kill some big stuff. And it's just like, I want it so bad. I can't imagine when my son is the one. Like, if I'm getting amped up over Porter, I mean, yeah. it's Chris Porter, you know? Yeah. Then I was still yeah. amped up. Yeah, yeah you, man. Your when, own kid, man. There's nothing like that feeling. You just want it so bad for him. And yeah. you want it to be like perfect. You want the, you know, you want the animal to go down. Yeah. And it did. And it, it did go down. I spined him, like, hit through that top, 
that top part and then down through the vitals. Mm -hmm. So he didn't go anywhere. It's a kill shot. Didn't have to follow up. Like it literally, it was awesome. It was, it was genuinely it, yeah. perfect. Um, and then, like I said, at the gas station, I just, I realized it was different because I had been with my dad before and none of this was happening and they were all telling me congratulations wanted to take, take a picture of me with the deer <laughs> that must have felt I'm really like, cool as a kid oh I, as I a 12 like year old yeah, and you've you got a big me? buck in the back of Absolutely. a truck and everybody in town shows up to you know Absolutely. check out your buck and yeah, yeah you must have just been absolutely oh, beaming was, it was awesome and then going to the taxidermist the taxidermist talked about how big it was the next so we slept in Tonopah that night went to the taxidermist the next morning and he about shit a brick too. He's like, I, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I can't, I, I haven't seen a deer like this come out in quite a while. No kidding. Anyways, the deer, ins, he's 204. Oh so he's, yeah. So he's legitimately <laughs> over 200 inches. No way. Very first deer I ever killed. He's that big. Yeah. That's a giant. Scored by the taxidermist. That's crazy. And I'm sure you're I'm sure at that point you had no idea. I mean, 200, I, you're it, just it, like, I mean, it, it took, it took, I don't even really think I understood that I had a, that I had shot a 200 inch deer until I was yeah, in my twenties until I really started to understand what that was, what it meant, how hard it is, yeah. how few of them there are, you know, yeah. in Nevada for that matter on a general, mm -hmm. on a, just a youth tag. That 12. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. That's the magic mark for everybody. 200 inch buck. Yeah. That's crazy. The very first year I ever killed. Well, I, mine was the opposite end of the spectrum. So mine was a two point, like, <laughs> legit, like legit, legit, barely a two point. Uh -huh. Uh, I was thinking about it today on the way down. I think I was 16, and I don't know. I think that might have been the legal hunting age, like when as I was really? yeah as I was coming up. And I know that they've changed they changed it. 16. Yeah, I think at one oh, point way too late. E either that or my dad just was like, nope, not ready. <laughs> yeah, We're gonna hold ready. him off till he's 16. I think I, you know, my parents they they put up with a lot when I was a kid, but I think I'd totaled two cars by the time I was 16. So I would have held you off then too. <laughs> yeah, I was I was 14 when I put the first car in the you know in the canal and totaled that. But um, so yeah, they were maybe at that point they were just like we ought to hold this guy off till he's 16. He he's, doesn't. He's need not a gun. quite ready. <laughs> yeah, but I think I was 16 and um, I, same as same as you. I was playing sports. I was we, I went to a tiny high school, so we played fall baseball. Mm -hmm. So I would have been I think a sophomore and. I didn't have much time to hunt because I still had practice, you know, every day of the week plus school going on. And, and then, you know, the hunt was in October. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this too. Is like, I remember when I was in high school and maybe they still do it where I'm from, but they used to have a deer hunter's ball every year. And it was called yeah. the deer hunter's ball. It my was dad, a, my uh, dad and my uncle told me about yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it was a high school, you know, high school dance. And then like a lot of people from town and, you know, all the little communities, they would come and it was, that was it. You got the Monday off of school actually. And it was, so the, awesome. it was the, I think now they call it fall break, but back then it was for the deer hunt. I mean, everybody kind of knew you got a day off for the deer hunt and you had the deer hunters ball and they auctioned, you gave raffle tickets. You could buy raffle tickets to win a rifle. Oh, that's and they, awesome. They gave it away at the dance. So at the deer hunters ball back then. You but, know, when you hear, when you hear those stories, it really... It really shows you how far behind we've fallen. It's pretty crazy. I mean, that wouldn't happen. I don't think maybe it happens still. It I might, it it might happen where I'm from. It might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, from the, I'm from the sticks, so it may still happen. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a funny quirk because I was thinking about it on the way down. But yeah, it's so super I, funny, but it's sad for me. It's like, man, I want, I would yeah, love yeah. my son to grow up, grow yeah, up like it, that. But yeah, there's definitely some nostalgia and just some some good sentiment yeah. wrapped around that. But yeah. um. So I, I remember we would go out in the evening. So I'd get home from baseball practice, you know, maybe four o'clock or something like that. And then we would roll out 
and we <laughs> we would just throw on you know like the the shitty orange vest like oh, the yeah. road worker vest that had like the mesh net you know <laughs> the fluorescent orange that's what we had for orange and i remember at the time we didn't even own we didn't own a four-wheel drive vehicle so we had a two-wheel drive a zuzu pup it was a single cab <laughs> <laughs> single cab just the name of it is yeah Isuzu pup. yeah was the Isuzu pup uh, long bed, I think. So it was this little single cab, white pickup truck, two wheel drive. So we were pretty limited as far as like where we could go. So we would just go out and cruise. And I remember we, we were just kind of hunting low country and most of the time we didn't have time to hike anywhere. So we were yeah. just like kind of road hunting, you know, and it was, uh, you know, the nineties. And I don't know if the deer herds were in great shape back then. They certainly didn't seem to be cause we weren't seeing a lot of deer. And I remember we went out all oh, probably four or five times and really hadn't seen much, seen some does. Uh, I think one trip prior to when I shot this buck, I think we'd seen a little two point, but just didn't work out. But I think this was like the last day, last evening. And we'd gone out and made a loop and kind of looped back. And we were coming back down the road, coming down Birch Creek there on the south end of the Beaver and just rolling along. And I remember being on, I would have been on let's see passenger side and it was out my window. So I don't remember if I spotted it or not, but my dad looked up, I think my dad looked up and he was like, Oh, there's some deer. So jumped out again. I don't, I think we had a pair. I think my dad had a pair of Nikon eight by 32s, you know, those oh, little eight by 32s. I think he used those when he worked for the state park, he would, uh, part of his job was to like kind of keep track of how many people were using the park and how many people are on the lake. And I remember as a kid, we'd ride up on the mountain and we'd sit out above the lake and he would look through his binos and just count the boats on the lake. So I think he had a pair of little eight by 32 Nikons. And I think he looked through them and said, yeah, there's two bucks. And I remember these two bucks and they were kind of fighting. It's just two. What little, time of year is it? October, October. Yeah. yeah. October and October. So it's cold. I don't remember being like super cold. I don't. I don't think there was any snow on the ground. Yeah. That was another thing. Not I, for me either. I mean, it's Nevada. It yeah. wasn't super cold, and there wasn't snow on the ground. But it was enough to have a thicker jacket on. For yeah, me. I remember. You know, that year there wasn't any snow. Um, every other year, I remember hunting with my my family and my dad. Though I remember there was almost always snow on the ground. It seemed yeah. like in October, but no snow on the ground. But he looks up. He sees these two two points and. Uh, so I jump out, I got the gun, of course, you know, right next to me. I jump out and I just, I remember I leaned up against the truck. So I got my back against the <laughs> truck and I'm leaning against the truck and I just kind of shoulder it. And I'm looking at these two, two points and they're kind of going at it. And I remember the one to the right, for some reason, I, I'm sure that they were the same size, just yearling bucks. They're both yearlings. But the one on the right was the one way the right was the bigger. One, yeah, it looked bigger to me. So I picked it out and just shot it offhand leaning you know with my back against the truck and i remember thinking like oh man that was a pretty far shot but like looking back on it it couldn't have been more than 80 yards <laughs> like right off the road and uh, uh i leaned back and i shot it and i didn't know what happened because it just disappeared i could see the one two point and there were some does kind of hanging out and they kind of went bounding off over the ridge and uh we went walking up there. I remember kind of walking up through there and my dad said, yeah, I think he got him. I think he dropped, but we didn't, we didn't know for sure. But I remember walking up on it and you know, a two points, not a very big deer, but I remember walking up on it and just like, here's this dead animal. And like, mm -hmm. I remember being excited. It kind of came later though. Cause I remember very distinctly, like my first feelings that I had was like, oh shit, I can't believe I just did that. Like I just killed that thing. Yeah. Like it was almost like this sense of I don't know if it was sadness, but it was just like, I was almost in shock, yeah, I, which reality. is weird. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. We're kind of reality. Like yeah. that thing was just standing here and I just shot it and killed it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And we we got it at you know I remember we we got it everything which of course eighty yards off the road but we <laughs> <laughs> might as well I remember you know grabbing it by uh, by an antler and dragging it down the hill we threw it in the back of the Isuzu pup and made it home I do remember eating that buck and like I remember thinking like uh, man this is pretty cool like I just, I shot this animal you know we butchered it we had an apple tree there where I where we were living. And I remember we, we hung it up, you know, winched it up mm-hmm. on this apple tree and hung it and skinned it out in the backyard. My dad always used to take, uh, for whatever reason, this is, I don't know if people do this anymore or not, but he used to take the hose and he would hose it down after we skinned it out. And then he would take a white sheet and we always had, I don't know why white, but they were always white. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there was like any, I don't know any, I have to ask him sometimes. Yeah, I don't know why, but I don't know if we just had some old white sheets, but he would wrap that buck and kind of take some clothespins and pin it off just to keep any kind of flies or anything like that off of it. And we would let it hang there in the backyard. And then we would, you know, pull quarters off and process the next day or maybe a couple days later, but we'd let it hang for a couple days in a a white sheet. But I remember, I remember seeing bucks, you know, just like hanging from that old apple tree out back, just kind of hanging and See, that's a memory. That's so awesome to have that as, as a kid. Yeah. It's like very different from me. Like Mm. I'm living in the city, growing up in the city. Mm -hmm. And then obviously with it being big, it kind of like superseded all of the, what was to follow. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like the whole eating it, butchering it, all that stuff. Cause then everybody just wanted to see it and take pictures with it. You know what I mean? And then I don't have it in my backyard. It was like, I was super disconnected from it after Mm -hmm. other than the horns itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew some we, we had people, we had a couple people there in town that, uh, you know, did like wild game butchering. I remember as a kid, we always did it ourselves. We just pulled yeah. quarters. And I remember my dad kind of processing animals there in the kitchen on the counter. My mom had a white tile counter there in the kitchen, like a big island. And uh, I remember butchering animals there and just kind, awesome. of, kind of watching him cut and wrap. I think he probably did the butchering and I probably did some wrapping. But yeah, I remember eating it. I remember... I think kind of the excitement for me came later. It was like, you know, I did this. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't think I have any pictures of me with that deer that really? I did. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, not, that's not, horrible. not that I can think of. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I wonder if I, I don't even know where that buck is. I'd love to have it, but I remember it was a 270. So you said that. Hey, that's what reminded me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Woodstock 270, yeah. black barrel, kind of a blued barrel. And I remember it was a, I think it was a red filled scope, just an old scope. But I don't remember which scope I had. I bet my dad still has that guy. Just one of them like real skinny yep. tubes. Yeah. And then the objective was giant. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It just looked funny. Yeah. Yeah. Good memories though. And it's, uh, it's funny how much has changed. That was one thing I was thinking about on the way down, you know, just the, the technology and just the methodology of hunting and how much yeah. it's developed. And I mean, hunting's still hunting, but the tools of the trade have really changed. Oh, really changed over the years. It is. It's actually pretty incredible to look at just over like the last five years. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. You know, this is incredible. I was thinking about is just the, I hear so many people say that hunting is, you know, it isn't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. You hear like, oh, you know, the the good old days of hunting, you know, and, and I, th- I hear it a lot in regard to, you know, herd health and populations and trophy potential even. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, here we are, current day and age, we've all got great optics. We've got, you know, bows with incredible, you know, speed and sights and all that stuff. But like, there's great animals. All my best bucks have come from like the last 10 years. Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, they're still out there and, and even better, I would say. That's so I asked my dad that question a lot, mm-hmm. actually. And I've asked him a lot over the last, like I said, five, six years with everything changing. 
But I asked him, like, because he, he grew up hunting the Ponsigant, open tags with yeah. his uncle and cousins. And like I said, he looked back at those pictures of every year they would do it. And there was always one giant, like always one really good buck. And I, I would always ask him, like, man, hunting back then, 70s, 80s, like, you had to have seen so many big deer. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, how different is it? And he swears it's better today than it was back then for as far as yeah. the amount of big deer. He doesn't know... He doesn't know if it's because of, you know, trail cams and this and that and all, all the this tools. stuff, all the tools. But, you know, he's he's killed a lot of big animals just because he's hunted for so long. He's 65, 66 mm-hmm. years old. Um, but he, he feels like he sees more big animals nowadays than he did back then. Yeah. Be interesting to actually under to see if that's true yeah it'd be interesting if you had the ability to time travel if you go back in time and and really hunt the way that you do now with the tools and the knowledge that you've got like what would be available then yeah and if if maybe they just weren't there you know maybe maybe herds and objectives and the way that they were managing at that point maybe just didn't produce those kind of animals i don't know yeah i mean the populations were much higher at least in nevada like you look back Mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s populations of deer were way higher maybe that Mm -hmm. didn't that wasn't conducive for like (laughs) what it's producing now which are these just mega giants yeah more feet on the ground now yeah bucks get bigger i've always asked him though like to really think back on it yeah and he swears he has a better chance at bigger animals now than yeah. he did back then. So that leads to the next question. I want to hear about your biggest buck or biggest bull. Biggest buck or biggest bull? Yeah. Best buck, best bull. In e- so, either one. So for me, you know, I'm not I'm not saying this as a cop out or anything. Like I genuinely mean it. I prefer like instead of size, like I prefer most meaningful. Like sure. those are the ones I think mm-hmm. about. Um, my most meaningful buck to date is the one I killed in Wyoming three years ago in the high country with Bo Beatty and Randy. And, uh, oh, yeah. and the reason I just watched that yeah, not the, long ago. The reason for that is that was my that was my first like big sizable animal elk or deer mm-hmm. out of the backcountry. Like right. like real sizable. How far in were you guys? Uh, you know? thirteen. Oh, you're a long, long way. We brought llamas in. Gotcha. And the other, the other reason too why I was most meaningful is Bo Beatty. Him and I knew of each other. We had talked, and you know we we were generally uh friends mm-hmm. right like just kind yeah. of on a high level mm-hmm. and Bo, you know Bo is one of the greatest guys on planet earth and he you know it's no secret he's been struggling with the old bitch of a c-word for a while and he was like right in the middle of treatments mm-hmm. then he's my age he's got kids like life is so goddamn unfair when you when you see that you know what i mean he's right in the thick of treatments during this hunt right i mean chemo thick of it Mm -hmm. like the absolute thick of it and to you know for me and for me to be with him and like i don't know he's he's wise beyond his years he's uh i don't know it's he's just one of those people you just get sucked into when they start talking and he carries a lot of weight with what he says because he's i mean he's been through some some shit you know he's created a life for himself with the llama business and everything he's doing you know his entrepreneur to the fullest sense making it out of a small town in idaho and everything he's dealing with so anyways from the start of that trailhead just listening to him his thoughts on life and like you know the amount of perspective i gained on that hunt Mm -hmm. even before hunting just on the just on the walk in and sharing a, you know, sharing a wall tent with him in the backcountry, like the conversations we had had. I mean, that's like, 
that was an incredible hunt for so many reasons outside of the hunt itself. Sure. Um, and there was some big deer in the area. He, uh, he had ran some summer scouting, tr- uh, not scouting some summer, uh, like camping trips, mm-hmm. like he, he was part of his, yeah, part of his mm-hmm. llama service, take people back there, like on these big backcountry things and these mm-hmm. families and stuff through the summer. And, uh, he had seen some big deer. So he kind of was like, had a little bit of scouted it and he saw one big four point, super tall, really good back, uh, deep back forks. And he's like, man, I just hope we can find that one. So it was always kind of this thing like, man, at that one, like mm-hmm. I want to find that one. And, uh, day three of the hunt. So he was, he was on medication in the middle of, um, chemo. He's pretty sick. Oh, he would like, dude, he, he, he's up there in the, in the high country and he's sick. It's dizzy sick too. He'd get like vertigo, right? He'd get so dizzy and tired mm-hmm. and to watch him fight through that, to get back into the back country. This is what I mean by the amount of perspective I gained from him. I mean, just literally no excuse. And he never complained one time. I like not a single time did he complain about something. He was just, yeah. he was real about it. Just like, Hey, I need a, I need a second, you know, like just give me a second on the way in. And we'd sit there for an hour and talk and eat, you know, let him, let him get his breath underneath him and, and be a little less dizzy. Cause he never left him. But that third morning, you know, the alarm, my alarm went off and I'm getting ready and he's like laying in bed and he's, white as a ghost and he's like hey I, i'm i can't do it this morning you just go kill yeah. that buck like that go kill that buck he's gonna show up had you seen that buck no i had not seen him we'd hunted for three days we really hadn't seen anything like right we, we hadn't found the, the group of deer yet like yeah. we hadn't found him and he's and i i remember getting ready and i felt really bad for him because i i wanted him to kill that sure. buck. like a, that that yeah. was my hope for him i like i said I'd, i mean the very first year i ever killed was one that nobody should ever kill for their first <laughs> buck so and he loves big deer mm-hmm. i really wanted him to kill it and uh he's like man just go kill that buck he's gonna show up he will show up that buck's gonna be in there i'm like okay so i'm talking to him like you sure you don't need me to stay like do we need to he's mm-hmm. like no i'll i'll make do i'm just i just need to lay here this morning i just need to take this morning off so I'm like, okay, so get out of bed and make that. It's like an hour and a half hike back to this pocket. Um, and Randy and I are up there and we, we finally see a group of deer, like a real bachelor group of deer, not mm-hmm. a single or a double, like a real bachelor group. And I'm looking around in these alpine trees and then kind of on the high left side, this buck comes out and I'm looking through my spotter. They're 700, 800 yards at the time. And, uh, I, I see that back fork come out and I immediately, I like mean, on film, bu- I immediately told Randy, I said, that's Bo's buck. There's Bo's buck right there. Right. And Randy's like, where, where, where? So I get kind of set up. I'm like, do you, how do he's like, you found it. I'm like, man, I want Bo here. And it's on, it's on yeah. camera too. He's like, there, he wants you to kill it. He wants to see it. Like, hey, just sure. kill this deer. I'm like, okay. So I get benched up, end up making a, a great shot of first shot. I kind of get the wind windage and luckily he came closer then second shot i wish i made a better shot but it is what it is Mm -hmm. right in the wind coming off a huge top of a peak down through a a saddle into where this deer is and i hit him a little far back um last rib like Mm -hmm. definite kill shot um but a little far back and he went into the trees and bedded so i'd I'd shot a couple times and then uh just kind of watching him in the bedded in those trees and i'm like this deer is 
this deer is special. Like yeah. Just straight typical. And it starts to set in because now I'm looking at him. He's, I have a bullet in him. And is I know it's, at this point? No, no, I know it's lethal. Head up. Mm-hmm. I know it's lethal, but it's one of those ones where you just kind of watch wait, him like wait it doze out. and then pick it up, yep. doze and then pick it up. And as he's doing that, I'm like, this deer is, this deer is giant. Like this is a, this is incredible. Like I am this as far back as I've ever been. And like, I, I just shot a real animal mm-hmm. like back in the back country. And, uh, so I, I told Randy, you know, I got a little ahead of myself. I told Randy, I'm like, man, I, I can't take it. I'm going to go down there and kill him. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get up and it's so steep too. I yeah. don't want him to roll or anything. And I genuinely wanted to put him out of his yeah. misery. Like I almost, I felt bad. It was taking so long. I hit like last rib liver, you know? So it was, it was lethal just how much time. Lethal. Yeah. You, you want to dispatch as quickly as possible. Yeah. It's there's a razor's edge there. It in, really is. In making a call. And I've, I've had this happen quite a bit when I'm hunting. It's like you've got either a bullet or an arrow into an animal and you don't want to risk pushing that animal because you mm-hmm. definitely do not want to lose it. So there's this like decision, this time frame where you're like, what is the best choice? Yeah. Do I move? Do I wait and let this animal dispatch, hopefully dispatch on its own? But you also have this like overwhelming just desire and you know, your ethic, your ethics are telling you like, take care of this animal as yeah. quickly as possible. I can't keep watching this. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I'm watching them and I'm watching them. Yeah. But I can't keep watching the tongue hanging out and lift his head up and go it, back down. It's a hard decision to and make. And every time I'm like, okay, this one's it. Like he's gonna, mm-hmm. and then two minutes later to lift his head back up, look around and then put it back down. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. And, uh, I, I told Randy, I'm like, I, the worst, worst case scenario, I push him and he goes downhill cause it was so steep. Sure. Like if he gets his legs underneath him, we might lose this deer. So I really got to sneak and be careful. And, uh, I had to come off this like bald, this like rocky bald face before I could get into some more alpine trees. And, uh, of course, of course I'm walking down, walking down my bino harness flips open and my binos go i mean oh, you didn't have tumbling t- you didn't have them tethered in tumbling no i never do oh you never do you gotta tether them in i do now I've but seen, i never did so i neville, do now neville never neville, neville used to never tether his yeah. in and we would be like walking along and you duck under a tree you know and you've got your binos up yeah. you know open and it, it would drop out yeah i'd be like man you gotta have those tethered one of these times they're gonna pop out you're gonna be so focused on something else you're just gonna walk off so and that leave happened them. Yeah, oh, you i was so yeah, focused yeah. on something else yeah the, you, and your i wasn't paying attention out. and i my I think by hand, because I was using trekking poles because my, my mm-hmm. left knee is really bad, especially going downhill. And I'm pretty sure like it clipped the that open side, yep. just flipped it open, and my <laughs> binos were, were rolling, gone forever, like literally gone forever, <laughs> all the way down to the bottom. And I'm like stuck on the open hillside, and I'm looking at this deer, lifts his head up. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, mm-hmm. what do I do, what do I do? And he finally put his head back down. His back legs were kicked out, so I knew it was like lethal. I just didn't know if he was going to get his legs underneath him. So anyways, I just kind of like shimmied over and, uh, took a bench rest and then just put three more into it just into his body just to get him done. So he never got up, never got up. But after that happened, he Mm -hmm. was on more alert. Like his head was up for longer. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is all I got. Well, anyways, where that leads into the story is I shot a couple times and then I shot three times to dispatch Mm -hmm. him. Right. Well, um, Bo could hear not was, very was, well, shooting. but he could hear. So he now he telling me afterwards, he's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like this, what is going on? Are they in a gunfight? Like, what is going on? <laughs> so he as sick as he is. 
is so like ate up with what's going on is yeah. the big buck like why would you shoot that many times is it bad what happened and so he run, like literally runs up the hill and as i'm going in to like recover the deer and he had made it all the way to the top but when he made it and randy told him like hey it's all good mm-hmm. dude he like collapsed and just randy's like don't worry about it we'll go take care of the deer we're yeah, gonna bring him to here. you so to bring that buck back up to him was, and for him to even get out of bed the mm-hmm. way he felt that morning because he was just so, that that shows how, you know, shows how sick he is about hunting, just like all of us. Yeah. Like, the, you know what I mean? Yep. Like the treatments couldn't even put him down to not sure. go see that deer. And he was so happy for me. And all I couldn't help but like, man, if it just, if you were okay this morning, like this should be your mm-hmm. deer, you know? Yeah. And he was just so genuinely ecstatic that I killed it. And I was super grateful for, you know, he took us into a spot that he had found through those summer mm-hmm. scouting days and, or those summer like uh, camping days. And like that, every time I look at that buck, he's, I mean, he's 197 straight typical, 193 <laughs> net. So Man. he's a book typical. 193 inch yeah. typical full he's point. B and C net book typical. I've never um, hunted with Bo. the high country. I know Randy loves hunting with Bo. Oh, he's the best, man. And, you know, being around Randy, I've been around him enough to know that, like, he's just, I don't think I've ever been around Randy. And we've we've shared, like, we've, we've gone coos deer hunting and just shared a camp with Randy. Randy's always been super positive. Oh, he's, he's the easy best. going, easy to be around. Typically has that big smile on his face the that, whole time. The whole time. Yeah. So I can imagine, and I, and I hear the same things about Bo. You know that he's just a. It, he it, that those two guys in that camp, like I felt, I'm I'm a pretty, you know I'm a pretty grateful person. Mm-hmm. Like I try to do my best to kind of collect and be grateful for things that are happening around Retain me. Perspective. I felt very ungrateful being around them too, <laughs> and the amount of perspective they were giving me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I need to. You know, like this is, I need to calm down a little bit in my life, start looking at things a little differently with both of them. I mean, especially Bo, but with both of them. And it was such a good hunting camp. And then to to top that whole thing off, for that to be the first of the three bucks we killed and to have that buck in camp for us to look at and talk about and everyone be excited about and then have seven more days of hunting together and then kill another buck with Bo being sick like he didn't even think he was going to kill he ends up killing a great buck and then randy kills a great buck on the last day like the way all those dominoes fell yeah every time i look at that buck on my wall i'm like holy shit that was that was incredible do you remember the name of the film i can't remember Uh, what we called it i don't either we'll have to it was randy's film and i don't remember we'll have to drop a link in uh on youtube if we put this up on youtube but yeah i I, i've watched that a number of times but i the thing that i remember most is just like the scenery for one is incredible oh it was incredible so it's it's green it's like early season that would have been what a september opener yep so you've got a september opener and you get those visuals of those those bucks, bachelor bucks on you know that green, just, I just I, I love the idyllic alpine yeah. country, you know, and then a wall tent. So you guys had a wall tent, and it looked like the eleven food, llamas. It looked like the food was incredible. I mean, I went with the llama guy. We had eleven <laughs> llamas. We brought in. I mean, he mm-hmm. brought in all kinds of stuff. Like, and I, I was coming off of, um, you know, our style backcountry, which is no sure. frills you know yeah, what I mean? off so your back. i'm back there like freeze, i could live back dried here. food yeah this yeah. is incredible yeah i remember the camp it looked like it was incredible it looked like the food was awesome and then like you're saying you can't watch anything that he is a part of or yeah. he, he and randy both it just seems like 
positivity oozes out, oh, out of those guys. So. It was incredible. Like that whole, that entire hunt up. And I'm, I'm so lucky to have that on film too, just to mm -hmm. have it forever. I mean, yeah, I have the buck, but then to have the film as well, mm -hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, we That's talked the most special. Animal. Yeah, we talked. Uh, so when Brady and I were in Eugene, we we did we did the podcast with Cam, and that was one thing that we got talking to. Cam asked us, he's like, "Hey, you guys do films? You do haunt yeah. films?" You know, he was kind of asking us what the process is like for us and what it's like to be, you know, a hunter on a filmed hunt. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got to talking about he and Roy, and he said that he was kind of watching some some old film. He's got, I guess, he's got a bunch of old film that he came, you know, came with him when he when he uh, moved away or you know worked away from Eastman's. But yeah, um, you know, I was asking him like, because I, I it, there's times when you're hunting and you got a camera guy and like you're out on a hunt. It, it almost seems to, and this is just to me. There's times when I look at it. It depends on the camera guy, of course, and, of course. and the entire experience and, and kind of how it transpires, but. There's been times where I've been like, man, this almost feels like it's bastardizing the, you know, the feeling, if you will. Like there's this, I, it just feels a little bit different. Not, it not, feels different. It feels for different sure. for yeah. sure. But um, one thing that he said, because I mean, obviously the, his storyline and what happened, you know, to Roy and the way that kind of went, you know, he, he was kind of telling us like his perspective of, you know, being able to kind of look back at film. I mean, you have those memories, you've yeah. got them, you can hear his voice, you can see his face, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So and that's something I know I don't often think about when, in regard to film. And I don't, I don't know that I take it. Uh, I know for sure that I take it for granted. Like yeah. th there are right now, if you go to YouTube, like my kids, anybody that wanted to, that knows me, that loves me yeah. could, could go and watch those and get a piece of something that I was really passionate about. Like the, yeah. th the thing in my life, some things in my life that I absolutely love just as, as much as anything on this planet. To see you in that to moment. To see yeah. me in my element, yeah. if you will. It's you awesome. know? So it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. I take it for granted too. There's two films though. The Window with my son, mm -hmm. that first yeah. hunt with my son coming out of the hospital. And then this hunt. Like those are the two that I do not take it all for granted. The rest of them I will come across every so often. I'm like, oh man, this is this is cool to have this. You yep. know, but those two are the ones where I'm like, I'm gonna hold on to those. Those are downloaded and saved on my computer and will never, never leave. Yeah. It is pretty cool to go back and look at those. And I look at you know, after coming back, I kind of look at that whole process through a different lens, if you yeah. will. Yeah. It's I, I never I never really looked at so much as like this memory that could potentially live on forever or something. Cause I guess, you know, tomorrow's never promised. You just never know. Hundred percent. It, it's pretty cool to think that there's some uh video out there yeah. that somebody could watch and reference and be like, Oh, this is this guy and this is who he was and what he really loved. So And this is how he did it. This is how yeah. he did it. It's pretty pretty What's cool. What's your uh, biggest or most special? You think about it as biggest, or you think about it as like I mean, most it's, special. Yeah, I was thinking about it as you said that because I asked you, you know, what's your best buck or bull, and you kind of said I don't know if it's the best or the biggest, but it's like the one that's the most meaningful. And I, yeah. I don't know that those are entirely like mutually exclusive, if you will, because yeah. I think there's some there's some common veins. I think whether you learn something about yourself or you learn something about, you know, hunting with a partner and mm -hmm. you, you gain some perspective in life. I think there's definitely that to be gained. And I would say for me, like my biggest buck, it's my biggest buck, but it's also like, uh, you know, just a lesson to myself of like stick to and just perseverance and like how bad I, I wanted the, to achieve that. And then like just the, the sense of accomplishment that I felt when it actually happened. But, um, yeah, I killed a buck on just a general season, uh, tag in Utah. I think it was 2013. 
and I had just a general season tag. I had a buddy that had an elk tag in the same unit and he and I kind of kept in touch and I had had an elk tag in that same unit three years prior. So I was kind of giving him some ideas on where I'd hunted and where I'd hung some trail cameras and what I'd seen. And, uh, I told him, you know, I've got a deer tag. If you see any deer show up that spark your interest, let me know. And I remember I was standing in my kitchen one night. I'd got off work. I was working for the DWR at the time, and I was saving all my comp time, all yeah. my sick leave. You know, oh, I was telling my boss, "Oh, I'm sick." <laughs> you know? So I'm going to be out the next five days, and then you know, in September, or whatever yeah. it is. But um, yeah, I remember I got home one night after work, and I remember I was standing in my kitchen, and my buddy Ryan called, and he's like. I, I can't remember if he called or sent a text, but I remember the opening line was like, does like a, you know, 39 inch deer with big cheaters. Is that, a, does that interest you? And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So he's like, I was up in this drainage where he kind of had noted, you know, that you'd hunted or looked for elk. Cause I had a bull that I had hunted in that same drainage. Um, and then I actually killed a bull that kind of leading into the story, but He's like, I saw this buck and he's got cheaters and it's really early, but he's like, this thing has got just a massive frame. Like he's going to be a big buck. Yeah. And he had some, uh, digiscope. It wasn't footage, but it was just like stills. And I remember he sent me the stills and I almost want to say, I can't remember if I had a flip phone at the time or not. <laughs> I might have, cause I was a late adopter to the smartphone, but I remember seeing these photos and I remember thinking, yeah, that buck's definitely going to be something special. Uh, so I spent the rest of the summer. I would go out any free time that I had weekends. I remember, I think I've told this before, but I used to leave my house, you know, Friday night, I'd put my kids to bed and I'd leave and I would go and I'd hike all night. You know, I'd be in mm -hmm. there in the morning, like two in the morning and get up in the morning and try to hit my overlook and glass. And I just remember looking for this buck just incessantly throughout the summer and I could just never, just never find him. Couldn't put eyes on him, but you know, you're living on that hope, like this animal's here. And, um, so I had the dedicated hunter tag for the unit, which means you can hunt archery, muzzleloader and rifle tag. You can kill two deer in three years. I can't remember what year. It was probably my first year on that program for that unit, but so I had all three hunts. And so kind of my plan was, I remember telling my wife, like, there's this, there's this buck and this is probably not going to make sense to you, but like, this is a buck that I will never have the yeah. opportunity to hunt the likes of again in my lifetime. Like this is a very special animal, right? So I'm going to, I'm moving, I'm moving in with him basically, <laughs> basically. like I'm, I'm going. So, um, I remember second day. What'd your wife say to that? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay. She was cool with it. Yeah. I mean, my full support. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had an elk tag the very first year that she and I were married. And I think I hunted at one point, like 14 days straight for this archery elk tag that I'd drawn. Um, and I remember her saying to me then like, Oh, I, this, this hunting thing for you is a different thing than it was for me growing up. Like yeah. this is an entirely different thing. And yeah, she was, she was just like, yeah, I get it. Go, a good woman. Know, go ahead, knock yourself out. I think she likes it when I'm gone, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I remember second day of the bow hunt, I had hiked over to a different vantage point to like glass into this pocket that I thought this buck might be holding in, holding up in. And, uh, I see these, I think there's five bucks and they kind of come feeding out and two bucks are like over 200. Like there's two. Yeah. There's two now. Holy shit. Yeah. This one's like a six by four. I look at him. I'm trying to like figure out, I think he's probably like two fifteen, And then, uh, and then this other buck. And I'm just like, oh, I can't, I can't believe this. You know, like I legit cannot believe this. 
Anyway. <laughs> on a general tag. Yeah, I'm general tag. So they kind of feed over this face into this backside into this little pocket. I make a loop on them in the evening and like it never works out. They never come out. But I, I haunted, I mean, that was just an interesting story, but I, I never saw either one of those bucks again, entire bow hunt. And I hunted pretty much the entire bow hunt. Like anytime I could get days off, I was trying to string, you know, four or five days long weekends. Uh, never, never could find them. Never could turn either one of them up. I don't know what the deal was that day. It was just like an, it was after a rainstorm. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I remember it rained a lot, like that entire hunt. In fact, there was a kid from Penguich that, uh, I know, I remember after I killed this buck, I remember talking to him, uh, at the taxidermist and he's like, I remember driving by your pickup truck parked down there at the trailhead and, and just absolute dumping, pouring rain and just thinking like that crazy bastard, like what is he, <laughs> what is that guy doing? Like that truck is there every day and it's been raining for three days straight. So like I was up there in the rain day in, day out. Um, what rain gear do you have? I'm trying to remember. I had rain gear, but it wasn't. 13 could have been Sitka. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably, it was probably Sitka. Yeah. I think Some it was, good rain gear. It was decent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't like drenched, you know, the whole yeah. time. I remember my sleeping bag getting, you know, I, I, I slept in a wet sleeping bag a night or two. Ooh. Um, I remember, that stuff's come a long ways. Yeah, long like ways. nowadays, rain gear and down for, for and sure. all that for wetness. Yeah, I remember f- a five day stretch one time though, where I saw a forked horn, two point, a doe and a fawn in five days, and that yeah. was, that was it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, five straight days uh, on the bow hunt, but I I couldn't turn that buck up, and then you know, fast forward, bow hunt ends. Uh, I'm still pretty committed to the area, even though I can't find either of these bucks again. But opening day of the muzzleloader hunt. Uh, is coming up. I decided I'm going to go in two days prior before the opener. I'm just going to spend two days trying to find this buck. And I go in two days straight, nothing. The day before the opener is just an absolute storm. Like wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, you know, rain comes in. Just just gross. Yeah. Just pounds. Uh, And then opening day, same thing. And I remember, I think that was like one of the first times in my life I remember I need to be like a little more selective about my camping because I'm in a burn. And I remember the night before the opener, I was sleeping at the base of this giant Doug fir, dead, completely dead. I mean, the thing's as you know, big around as my, you yeah. know, my diameter that I can reach. It's a huge, big old tree. And I remember laying there at night, like two, two o'clock in the morning. And I remember that thing, like looking straight up into it. And it's like moving like 10 feet at the top you know it's just oh, going boy. back and forth back and forth and i remember thinking oh, this probably isn't the best spot to camp but that was like one of the first times i got to thinking i probably should be a little bit better about picking my camp spots and burns and high yeah. winds but um opening morning comes wind's still kind of blowing and like i said it had been raining for a few days prior to it uh, get up in the morning, hike up to a knob. I spend the morning glass and I don't see anything. I see some elk. Uh, and I remember I hiked back down to where I'd camped and I kind of sat there and ate lunch. And I just got to thinking, you know, if, if there's going to be some bucks anywhere, they're going to be down the bottoms of these drainages, you know, so they're going to be in the bottom. They got to be out of that wind. And so I hiked down into the bottom of the drainage and up on a little knoll and I could look down two drainages and I could basically see the bottoms. I couldn't see the whole bottom, but I could kind of see some, you know, openings. So uh, just straight intuition led you to that. Just straight intuition. With just, what you'd been gaining yep. over glassing and all that stuff yeah. previously? Yeah. I'm 17 days at this point. This is 17. Okay. So this you're is, coll- you've collected a ton yeah, of data. Yeah. Ton of, ton of information. E- even though I'm not seeing at the animal that I'm after, I'm like collecting information, you yeah, know, like yeah. I'm where I'm seeing elk, kind of just the topography, weather, same 
same thing. So an intuition just kind of set in. Yeah. Intuition yeah. is, Hey, you know, deer winds out of the South, you know, if these deer are going to be in here, they're probably going to be in the bottoms. They're going to be maybe tucked away on a North facing slope, you know, yeah. out of the wind. Yeah. So, and I'm also thinking, you know what, with this storm and this wind, uh, just kind of what I know of deer, it's pretty high likelihood that maybe they probably haven't been the most active. They probably haven't had a chance to get up and feed because you got to think high wind, storm, a lot of noise, you know, their senses are kind of Heightened. compromised, yeah, yeah. you know, so they, they can't hear, they can't smell probably because the wind's swirling a lot. So I'm thinking this deer probably hasn't fed a lot. So if he's been nocturnal, maybe there's a chance he gets up this evening, you know, so hike down there set up on this knoll and it's probably maybe three hours before sunset. So it's like four o'clock, maybe, um, maybe a little early three something. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm looking up this drainage. I probably hadn't sitting there. I maybe 10 minutes just glassing. And I looked down in the bottom and there's this little seep and I'd shot a bull elk off of that seep in 2010. Really? I'd shot it. Yeah. I'd shot this, shot this bull, like three thirty bull shot it Great off. Bull. You shot it off that exact spot. Like that bull came into wallow. I shot him at 42 yards, quarter and away. He went over there and died. Like I'd shot that bull right there in that drainage in that little meadow. Right. So I look down in that meadow and I see a three point, I see a doe and the last buck. I don't even know what it was cause I didn't have my scope on it, but like frame, I'm like giant. I didn't even get the scope out. I just threw everything in my wow. backpack, grabbed my muzzle loader. And I just beeline it and I drop down through that drainage up the other side, down in the next one, up onto the next little knoll. And as I come up the backside of this knoll that kind of overlooks this little meadow, I'm just creeping along and I'm creeping through and I'm thinking that those deer are going to be feeding in that little open meadow. And I'm just kind of creeping along and I see them. I just get a, a glimpse and they're kind of moving up into the trees. Like it's like regenerated, like dog hair yeah, aspen. Yeah. And I'm thinking, shit, I'm, I'm too late. You know, I'm behind them and, uh, I'm trying to figure How out how far away are you from them going at this up into point, that I'm region? about 150 yards. Yeah. So I'm pretty close. Yeah. So I got, but the, it is pushing it with the muzzle loader yeah, too. Yeah. So I got, I got the muzzle loader. Uh, I ditched my pack at that point and I'm watching them kind of feed up into these, these, uh, Aspen. And I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to do now? Cause if they get up into those Aspen, I don't know how I'm going to turn them up. Cause it's just thick, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to make my mind up of what to do. And I'm thinking of making a loop on them. And all of a sudden I look down and here comes the three point and he's feeding right back down through the meadow, the exact same way he came. And I don't know why they turned, but they did. So he turned, he's coming back down, he's creeping along. Here comes the doe and then here comes the buck and it's the cheater buck. <laughs> so, so I edge up and I'm just sneaking up and I've got a little bit of cover. I sneak up and I get to where I'm 80 yards, just right above this wet meadow. So that buck comes feeding out. Uh, I stick Do you have good wind the whole time. Good wind like the whole time. To worry about? Well, yeah. Wind's coming down the, down yeah. the Canyon blowing from them to me. So I'm sitting there. I put the muzzleloader in the crook of a dead burned off uh, tree and he walks out and I just, just put it on him and touched it off 80 yards. And it just, it was like your classic muzzle odor, just pounding. Just smoke everywhere. Just, Could you see anything or just pounded him? I really? couldn't, yeah, I couldn't see much. I mean, the gun goes off and, uh, you know, heard it at, hit him, heard it hit him. There's un unmistakable yeah, with oh a muzzle yeah. odor. It's yep. just such a pop, you know? Yep. And uh, looked down in the meadow and it just essentially like folded him. So just, you know, legs up the whole thing. He just folded right there in that meadow. And he, cool thing about it is he died 
within eight feet of where I'd shot that bull elk and three, yeah, that's three, awesome. three years prior. So it's really cool. Pretty cool. And I knew it's a great little meadow for yeah, you. You might need to go yeah, back there this year. Yeah. Right. Um, but I knew, I thought I knew what that buck was, you know, I was so excited. This is a little funny detail that I remember as I was thinking about it is I was so excited that I grabbed my backpack and I just took off running down there and I hadn't zipped my backpack up and I, I left shit all (laughs) over that hillside. I went back and tried to find them. Some of it's probably still there, but like I left clothes. I mean, it was just not a true big buck. If you don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. It was just scattered across that hillside. But I think that's, uh, I walked on that animal and that's like one of those animals that, and you did, you, I don't know how many you get in your life. Probably not many. No. Um, but I remember walking on that and just being like, this is an unbelievable animal, but he's, yeah, he's like two Oh five. Um, he's kind of a freak. He's got big floating main beams. And then he's got those two cheaters. That, he's the coolest two Oh five. I know yeah. the, obviously know the buck you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't know the full story like that, Yeah. but you, so you, it could have been either of those two big deer. Could have been, been either. either. I didn't. I mean, I knew when he walked out. At 80, you knew yeah, which at, one at it was. At 80, I knew which one it but was. But when you bombed off, yeah. you didn't know. I didn't know which one. I knew it, it was just a giant buck. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been either. Um, when he, Yeah, when he came out at 80, I was like, that's the cheater buck. And, you know, pounded him. But I I just sat there. So, like, I remember I'm getting emotional. Yeah. <laughs> but I just. As you should for I that just, buck. I just sat there. Yeah, I probably sat there for, you know, I sat for three hours. Um, I remember I had seen earlier in the day, a couple other hunters up the drainage from him. I was like, just so paranoid about this buck. I stayed with him clear till dark. Uh, I called my buddy that essentially given me the Intel and, you know, kind of put me in the, in that area and seen that buck. But, and he, and I just, he came up and helped me out the next day and we packed it out. But like, I, to me, that buck will always be special just for the, just the patience, the persistence it took. And then, it really did feel like a chess match with that buck. And I remember... It sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds wild. Yeah. And I remember, same as you, just like the, like that sense of satisfaction, the sense of accomplishment. Like mm-hmm. I felt like, man, I did something. Like mm-hmm. I really did something special. Like this is an animal that, you know, it was worthy of, of the entire process. You know, all the 17 days, you know, all the long days of just sitting there by yourself and the mm-hmm. process of trying to put it together. But... It was, it was fun, man. Special buck. And I've only, I mean, I've killed a lot of animals in my life. I've only ever mounted three. And, you know, that one hangs over my desk. And so. Such a, it is cool such mount, a badass yeah. buck, too. Yeah. Cool buck. That just, I'm, I'm excited. I, I talk about, this is why I wanted to do this podcast. Because, like, I hear, <laughs> I think I know, about now these I'm stories. I'm deep we, in my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. We swap stories and I'm just, I get excited to go hunting. Me, too. Like, I feel those same feelings that I had, which is just genuinely gets me so stoked to go out and yeah. go hunting. And you have a general. I have a general season tag for the same unit. Yeah, there we <laughs> yeah. go. That's I what I was check getting the meadow, at. Right? You better go check that meadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You it's better one of those, go check that. It's one meadow. of those areas. You just like, it's like, you might not see that many deer. You might see two deer in five days, but then it's got some areas in that country that like it really could produce a giant buck because there's just so many little nooks and crannies. And, yeah, and that's the the part that I love. You know, I love yeah. that country. I love it for the fact that. There aren't that many deer, but there are so, there are also not that many people. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely some country that you can get away from folks. And 
In those 17 days, did, did you ever make it back to the truck or make it back to town or anything? Or were you just straight out there nope. 17 days? I was hunting like five, four and five days at a time. So I would, I'd bomb in there. I would take like a long weekend. So I'd hunt like a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you know, Tuesday if I could. And if I, if I didn't see anything or, you know, needed to restock or go back to work, then I would run back over the hill and, and did restock. Did it just eat at you when you left? Oh, it was the worst. Had to have been the it, worst. It was the worst. Like yeah, it was the worst. I remember several nights like going home and, uh, you know, just my, my sleeping bag just being completely soaked and just, you know, throwing it in the dryer and trying to dry that thing out. But yeah. I remember really long days on that hunt. Just, Had to have been super long. I mean, more Time of year, too. It's a lot of daylight. Yeah. Yeah, and that was September, end of September, early October during that muzzleloader hunt. Quite a bit of daylight still. Tons of daylight, just long, long days of just sitting there behind glass and just... It, it really is. It's like a chess match. I remember sitting there on an overlook, just looking at the landscape and just trying to think my way through this process that like, where could this buck be? Yeah. You know, where you knew he existed. I knew you he laid existed. Eyes. I yeah. knew he existed. It was just like, where in the hell could this thing be? And how can I kill him? Do you think he was down in there the whole time you weren't seeing him? I think he was probably mostly nocturnal is yeah. my feeling. Uh, and I, th I mean, I don't think he ever, I don't, I'll bet you he didn't go more than a, a half a mile from that little drainage all yeah. week, all summer, all September. I just, I think a big buck like that, I think they have a fairly tight home range. Yeah, I would agree. And I think totally they just agree. learn to utilize it in a way that they just don't get detected. And as you think about mule deer, I mean, they're more susceptible to predation from a lion than, you know, an elk is. Mm -hmm. And they're also much more selective in their diet. So it would make sense to me that you, you widen that home range. You just open yourself up to potentially coming across an, a predator. You know, you may not know where your food sources are mm -hmm. exactly. So for me, I think a big mule deer, and of course it's, it's different as you get into those later season hunts, but I think early season, you know, summertime through, you know, September, maybe the middle part of October, to me, it would just make sense that those big animals that just learn to utilize a small area really efficiently. Yeah. That's what I think. Is that what you think? Yeah, I would agree. I would completely agree. Um, obviously, it depends on like, you know, state, region, just general topography. Mm -hmm. Like these, you know, you look at these desert Nevada bucks, their home ranges are absolutely gigantic, but it has to be. They don't, you know, yeah, like they just, don't really just have for it. resources. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but those types of, of places like you're talking, yeah, I would completely agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Do you want to talk about one that got away? We should have started with the one that got I away. I was, the entire uh, process, I'm thinking, man, I screwed that up. It's hey, we got we got people engaged but, at least. But maybe no. maybe uh, the one that got away will just like you know yeah. lead you into the, your yeah. season. So uh, the one that got away for me is actually not not my deer. I had a tag, and Brady had a tag. Um, mm. This was my first like true true bomb into the deepest, darkest backcountry spot you could possibly find. It's in 2015. Um, and we, you know, tons of e-scouting, all this stuff, try to pick the best place available or what we think would be the best place. Brady and I spent a ton of time going back and forth about this and that. Logistically, how to get in there, all this stuff. And no, no scouting? No um, scouting, nothing. Just, and I mean nothing, just, just straight e-scouting. E e-scouting yep. and pick a spot on the map. Yep. And I... And I I've always grown up with a phenomenal network 
Like mm-hmm. I, uh, you yeah. know, growing up down here in the south, and then close to Cedar City with all like. I the, always think that's cheating. Currently, uh, it is today's day it, and age. Like you can is. DM anybody, and I get them all the time, and I've sent a lot of them. But to, back then, to though, remember how hard it yeah. was, like to, oh, to so find hard. real networks. Yeah. And for me, my my Nevada Utah networks were, I mean, they were incredible. Yeah. Like I, all the Southern Utah guys mm-hmm. I knew, the Nevada guys, Nick Perchetti and all his people in in Western Nevada, Eastern Nevada, like yeah, just it was so easy just that network but in Colorado we had nothing and uh you know I'd I'd hunted you know those those one two day type things in Nevada Utah but I had never just straight bombed into the back country like that before and it was the first hunt film we had ever made so there's yeah. a lot of like that's right there was a lot of uh <laughs> logistics <laughs> carrying a, a goal zero generator and you know not knowing the cameraman not knowing what cameras to bring and batteries it was just the first time you the first time you film a hunt, there's a lot of unknowns. And it was my and it, so not only that, it was my first true like sure. I hadn't even been on a I've been on, I had been on a sheep hunt up mm-hmm. north, is the only thing I had done before this. But like you go on a sheep hunt up north, you you have to go locals yeah. and the whole thing and you know an outfit all that stuff. So it takes some of that, mm-hmm. you know, those logistics off of your plate, and you just have to be physically ready, right? I wasn't worried about being physically ready, but I'm like. Okay, so we're carrying this generator. We're doing this. We're doing that. We found this spot that looks good. It's an absolute nightmare to get into. Hopefully, there's something back there. Just a ton of unknown. Just absolute unknown all the way through. Well, we you know we take off from the trailhead. Takes us better part of a full day. Actually, it does take a full day. We got stuck in the truck in a in a early morning rainstorm. So we got a little bit of a late start, like nine nine thirty, and we didn't get up to the top till dark. And we hit your back, your backpacking all day, the whole day. Yeah. And I mean, that's that coming off of, sh- of sheep hunting before you don't necessarily do that. Cause there's so much light, but sure. you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. manage it a little differently. And that was just a straight pull from nine 30 until dark. And then a lightning storm was coming in and we're at, I think we're at 12,000 feet or something there at the very top. Well, those early season, high country lightning rainstorms. They're different. <laughs> They, those things hit different. It's a little more, a little of, more I, nerve-wracking than I can most. Think of, I can think of one. It was probably one of the most unnerving situations yeah. I feel like I've ever been in. Yeah. yeah, being in a bivy sack and just an absolute lightning storm It's yeah, at 12,000 feet. And then, and then, too, like we were talking about earlier, you know, I had been, I've been super fortunate every year of my hunting career since hunting with my dad till I started hunting at 12. It's just the opportunities I've had, mm-hmm. the networks I had, the areas I was able to hunt at such a young age. I'd killed some really good animals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's none of my doing. It was all my dad's networking and areas and things. And But Brady, I, I had a lot of, I don't want to say guilt because I knew I was giving Brady a really good opportunity with, with this go hunt thing. Um, but I had a lot of uh, appreciation for him moving down and trusting gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude, appreciation yeah. that he trusted what, you know, I wanted to do and me and Porter wanted to do with go hunt. And he was one of the first guys and he, we moved him out of, you know, his dream spot, Montana and had moved down to Vegas and, you know, yeah. sold him on this Western hunting mule deer that, thing. That must be a, I mean, as an owner of a company, it must be its own thing to essentially have employees livelihoods. 
Oh, it's it's uh, a real thing. Yeah, I'm sure that's and hev- just the, I'm the, sure it's heavy. The genuine trust too, like yeah. when somebody really does give you that, mm-hmm. you yeah, it's you you have this, and you as well. I mean, you've trusted us for the last what six seven, seven years. I think seven. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, mm-hmm. right? You're you are putting your livelihood on my crazy. Yeah, but I, I mean, I thoughts. think. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really. I don't think I'm, I'm, it's an entirely different perspective for you than it is for me. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you, it, and especially I, though, cause we didn't even really have, yeah. At that point, that, it was like, just I what, didn't even three really, of you. Yeah. And he was giving up his yeah. tenure in, in biology and yep. doing something completely new. And, uh, so I had a lot of appreciation for him and, you know, we put this hunt together cause we told him, you know, come work for us. We're a Western hunting business. You want to do this mule deer elk mm-hmm. hunting thing. He hadn't really done much of it yet. And uh, big, I should say big mule deer, big elk, because he'd been doing the Montana stuff. Um, and nothing against that. Mm-hmm. Don't No one needs to jump down my throat about that one. It's just a little We're, quality yeah. difference, you sure. know? Um, so anyways, I'm like, I really wanted it for him more mm-hmm. so. I had a tag too, but I wanted it more so for him. And uh, that first night, we get there like right at dark, and I'm glassing back into this big bowl, like this huge like shale rock cliff down into this like alpine grass and trees and uh i mean just an absolute giant like all the way through i had seen some big deer in my life by that Mm -hmm. time by 2015 and it was by all means just a bona fide giant you know Mm -hmm. all everything frame inline sounds like you better stick to the high country Uh, right (laughs) you've been doing fairly well in the high country Um, and then I did this thing <clears throat> called get married and it's really put up <laughs> <laughs> and have kids and it's really put that down a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we get back there and I see this just giant, I mean, bachelor group bucks, lots of bucks, but this one bachelor group with like three or four, what I would consider shooters with the one being just an absolute bona fide giant mm-hmm. and like immediate excitement. And we're, we still need to make another pull to get into where we can actually logistically hunt them. So the next morning we wake up, pull camp, head into like this middle finger ridge that kind of put us directly in the middle of where we were glassing from that night previous and where we saw that buck, it put us just right in the middle. So logistically put us in a really good spot to bet them, learn them, kind of figure out how to hunt them. And so we pull up there midday, like dead center of the day and uh, set up camp kind of get to this little glassing point where we could look off off this roller down into the bottom of the that basin and then back up to that alpen you know shale rock Mm -hmm. area where we had first seen him and brady picks this buck up and i'm not kidding within less than a minute yeah and they're just in the bottom feeding that's the best yeah and i look at brady i'm like bro it is one two in the afternoon and this thing's just here so then we're talking like, what do we do? What do There's we? There's a lesson in that. It, it, there is a lesson in that. Yeah. Don't ever, yeah. you know, don't Mid, ever midday. Don't ever think they're bedded. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, just when you're out there, I think about this a lot, and I think about it mostly when I'm sitting behind my desk. You know, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be behind my desk 300 and some days a year. Yep. You know, you might get 10 days to hunt. I mean. Be on your be on the hunt. You're already there. What you're else are you you're there. Do? Be and on that's the what hunt. Brady and I decided we set up camp, but we were Jones and because we, I mean, there was a pocket of some really good mm. bucks and the one just giant. So, I mean, we what were we gonna do? Lay there and make some food? Like hell no. We were gonna go. <laughs> yeah, go, go look at the bottom that we couldn't see, and mm. we wanted to understand that bottom to try to figure out logistically to hunt it. If they, you know, how if we we're gonna come from the bottom, go circle around on top, whatever it was. Well, we look in the bottom and there's just these rolling like rock benches. Just absolute, you know, perfect 
like uh, out of a movie style what deer would like in the bottom of a basin and there they are feeding down these little rock shoots and brady and i both were sitting there talking like you know to brady bombed down i'm like no it's day one like let's learn him we're the only ones back yeah. here let's see what he's doing they end up going from what would be the north kind of ran east west and it would went from the north side of it to the south side embedded in these alpine trees and we're like okay so they obviously use this and kind of go to they come out that night go right back down through the bottom next morning we wake up and they're back at the top right at that base of the shale and grass like right where those two meet and uh they were in a really good spot um so brady we were talking and brady decided to go after him and uh this is day two or three i can't remember being so long ago it was either day two or three and so he went after him and we decided because where they were at at the very top and they weren't coming down that day that they were going to bed there was a little pocket of alpine trees right like where the sh- rail the shale rock came mm-hmm. down and kind of off this cliffy stuff and met the grass just 50 yards to what would be the north of that was these alpine trees and they were all kind of pawn beds out and looking like they were going to go right there so brady took off and I have never seen someone hike so fast. Brady's got so long, much vertical. He's got long legs. Just I was walking in the airport with him last week, and yeah. the guy he, just flies. He can just flat cover way it's more ground. Crazy. So I'm sitting back with the with the video guy, and you know I'm watching the deer because I don't want to lose him. And uh, Brady, I, next thing I know, Brady's at the top. He's there, like literally at the top. And now he's starting to circle, <laughs> circle around. And every time. He would poke his head out. I'd kind of give him little signals and all this stuff. And uh, he he made it clear on the backside, came around. And at that time, the big buck, so the big buck of the four, had kind of moved out and got into the shade of that shale rock in the mm-hmm. grass and was feeding. And he was feeding right at the line of it. So I, I was telling Brady to get as close, um, like tell him, waving him over to get him as close to that, that notch where the grass and the cliff met. And... As luck would have it, that buck started feeding back towards Brady, just staying in the shade the whole time, didn't want to touch the sun. Yep. And then right when he got to the end, he started kind of banking down towards those alpine trees where the rest of the bucks were bedded and gave a quartering away shot. Um, You're watching the whole thing. Watching the whole thing. You can see the buck and Brady. Oh, yeah. I have, it's scope. all on film. I mean, if it, you, it's, you can, this one's yeah. uh, into thin air is is the uh, video it's the first one Isn't we've that made so unnerving i've had that experience oh. several times where you can see the you can see the animal and you're like and you you see your hunter and you're going back and forth yeah. between the hunter and the animal and you're kind of watching the two of them and then they're coming together 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 and like pretty soon you can see them both in the same image in your spotting scope yep. and at that point just the the nerves are just firing i couldn't sit still yeah and i like had to keep my eye in the scope you know i'm on i'm on visual duty he's yeah. on kill duty and so, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to digiscope for the film guy because, again, it was our first one, mm-hmm. so we didn't know equipment to have, all this stuff. So I'm digiscoping, trying to look, all this stuff. Well, I see it starting to happen, and I see Brady draw, and that buck at that time had peeled to start going down towards the alpine trees. And not really, me not knowing exactly what was happening, I see Brady break off an arrow, and the buck, like, donkey kicks, and runs mm-hmm. just straight down and I'm looking at him through my spotter. He's got the tongue hanging out yep. and I see the splotch on his side, um, entry side though. And he'd never showed me exit side. I only saw entry side. Um, 
So you know he's hit. Uh, he was hit 100% Set, hit. It's yeah. clear as day in the sure. video. He's 100% hit. Um, and Brady kind of packs his things up. Again, you guy covers so much country. Now he's got to go downhill. It felt like he was back to me in 10 minutes. So he just came back to you. Just came right back to me. Gotcha. And he's like, what's the word? And I said, I watched that buck go all the way down, and I lost him in that pocket of trees right there. And, like, we're just looking down maybe two, 300 yards. Like, I lost him right there. If he came out, I would have seen him. Mm-hmm. He could have came out and when I started like lifting my head up, but he didn't. When I was watching him, he did not come out, and I left my eye on that pocket of trees for 10, 20, till you got back. Yeah. Basically, this is the first time I've lifted my head up. I said, so tell me what happened with you. It's like, well, I ranged him, um, but he started to peel off towards those trees, so he got a little deeper mm-hmm. than what my range was, so I kind of had to guess. And uh, he said he, when he was peeling off towards those trees, he actually like canted his body a little more than – than uh, like what he was thinking when he was first going to pull the shot. So he held back, but he doesn't know how far back he hit and it was quartered away. Right. Mm -hmm. So he didn't know he was just trying to like sneak an arrow in. That was his, that was his shot. And I will take the full responsibility here because I, by this time in my hunting career, I had hit two bucks far back. One Mm -hmm. of them being a big deer on the open side in Utah was coming across from the Pont Scott. Um, that's where I grew up hunting was on the open side mm-hmm. coming across the pond when I was a kid going through high school and college and all that. And I had hit a buck really far back. And my uncle Heath told me, don't ever bump a buck that yeah. is, that's been hit back. Don't yeah, gut, ever gut bump shot it. Buck, let him go. And if you have any, any mm-hmm. thoughts that it's hit far back, do not go after The other thing is you're talking that just, a, uh, just a little tip like popped into my head. I think we, we talk often about picking a spot on an animal. Mm-hmm especially when you're bow hunting, you know, picking a tuft of hair or a spot of sunlight or something like that. Uh, I think it's even, you got to be that much more aware when that animal's quartering away from you and in your spot necessarily isn't the, it, you're looking for that opposite front leg. Yeah. So you're, you're aiming for opposite front leg is like your kind of your, your true yeah. north, if you will, as far as picking a spot. And and this, it, I, I feel bad telling the story without Brady here. Cause I would to oh, get his yeah. like in the moment yeah. reaction well, too. But it was, I, 100% was on me. And I told Brady, Brady wanted to go look and go look. And I'm like, dude, I, I recovered two bucks not going after him. And I've lost one, which was my cousin that mm-hmm. hit it when I was in high school, hit one far back. And we went after it immediately. And that's what my uncle started telling us. Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's, right? I think it's sound advice. And I, I, was today. So, you, you, I was so certain in my mind, like, Brady, we're not going. Yeah, gut shot buck, you wait. Yeah. And uh, Brady's like, I don't think it was that bad of a gut shot. Um, like, not true, maybe liver, all this. I'm like, man, okay, well, two years ago, I shot mine in the liver, and it was, it had, like, just died the next morning when I got mm-hmm. on it. If I would have pushed it, I would have never found him. And uh, I had that in my mind, I, that big buck I killed coming off Ponsagant to the open side. And uh, we found that deer 100 yards from where I last saw him. That's what it's, that was mm-hmm. what was in my mind. But as luck would have it, of course, a massive rainstorm rolls in, like massive rainstorm. And that's all in the film, obviously. Um, and I started getting really nervous that night. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, Oh, that's awful. You know, like I knew he was bleeding. How much? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I, it just kind of puts another thing yep. in your head of like, okay, it's going to change the just, landscape. Just makes it bit. that much harder. Yeah. We wake up the next morning and I was pretty, I was, honestly, I was extremely confident we were going to go find this buck. And, uh. We start going down into the that last piece. I lost him. Found a bed. You know, I'm Find not blood. No, no, no 
blood because of the water. Yeah. Like everything was just so mm-hmm. soaked. But man, it smelled. It yeah, smelled like, he, like a sick deer. You oh, know what I mean? Like it okay. smelled. It smelled like a deer. Good shot. And it smelled like a sick deer. Sure. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not. Uh, did you ever find the arrow? No, I never, never found the arrow. Um, Brady looked for it that day mm-hmm. before the rain, before he had gotten to me. He kind of just peeled off right through where that buck ran, and he kind of took the same path to me before he got too close to it and pulled off to me and never found it, and then we never mm-hmm. found it in there either. Um, but we're looking, we're looking, and now I'm starting to like, okay, we're, you know, what the hell's going on? This is the worst feeling. And I sat down, and next thing I know, a bear comes through. Oh, no. And I didn't have a bear tag. <laughs> Uh, so a bear comes Big walking. Bear? No, just a bear. Just you know. Yeah, uh, I would have shot it, yeah. but not like not one you would think would just absolutely tear up a, a wounded Cow. deer. And then and then that messes with you. Yeah. So then I'm like, you're like, why is that oh, bear shit. here? And then I didn't have a bear dag either. Yeah. So I'm kind of pissed off about that. I, w- I really hadn't lost hope yet. Well, then Brady, you know, Brady just starts covering ground. I start covering ground. We can't find anything. We just keep coming back to this bed, and I, I'm not. A professional hunter by any means i had been on a couple deer but like not a ton to know is mm-hmm. that is that truly a sick deer bed or what is that that we're smelling yeah like what is it now all i could think of is it has to be him because that this is right on the line he was in none of these other deer are down in here like we're down in here last night like we just made we watched them go back up and over the other side mm-hmm. like it just it made sense that that would be him had and you got up that morning and glassed a little bit, yeah. And then did you see any other deer? Like at the very top. They went over the side, mm-hmm. and then we found another like three-point, three cool, really cool three-point that was kind of like up on this other side, but no but, deer but down not, the bottom. But not that bug? No, nothing. Yeah. And uh, went down in there, and we spent, I mean, holy shit, we spent four or five days and just could not turn anything up. It's, yeah. like, it's like the deer never existed, literally. Like it never existed. I mean, we even went all the way clear down into the willows and the ponds, like the moose ponds down on the bottom, and uh, nothing. I mean, I don't know. We're kind of grasping at straws at that point when you're whacking through willows trying to find a dead deer mm-hmm. just to smell anything, you know, and pulled back up. Never found it. Um, Any ideas on where he, do you think it was truly a back back hit? Do you think he was hit, I mean, hit, I, wasn't, hit I wasn't there, and the buck never sure. showed me the exit side. Yeah. I don't know. He had his tongue hanging out, and uh, he had a splotch on... I don't know how quartered he was because I wasn't there. Sure, it looks in the film fairly quartered, but I mean that's. But you know it wasn't. It all changes. You know it wasn't like leg, neck. No, definitely not leg. Okay, because the the splotch I saw on entry side definitely body back. But then he was telling me how quartered he was. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, makes sense. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where like it it feels like that deer never existed ever. Like mm-hmm. it was just gone. It was gone in, forever. Into thin air. Into thin air. <laughs> Which is exactly a, yeah, what why, we, the why we call it that. And, uh, you know, Brady, Brady does so much. Like he talks about it a lot. And, you know, I'd tell him this to his face. Like he talks about it a lot, almost like a broken record, how hard he works for animals. Yeah. I'm telling you though, like he, the amount of work he did to try to find this deer in the moment and then post the hunt reaching out to people outfitters and horsemen and if you're in this canyon you know how hard it is for brady to give a spot up too like if anybody finds a spot please like oh here's a bounty for it please let me know nothing like nothing ever came of it he had four or five guys reach out to him like oh yeah for sure i'll go look for you like yep i do this in that country i'll go look i do that whatever and uh and nothing like literally like that deer never existed the only thing that exists from that deer is video and pictures that's it and i wanted that so bad for brady his first hunt with go hunt coming down to vegas yeah. to shoot a true like north of 200 inch 
deer you, in the you, high country. If you talk to Brady, you can tell that that one it's it's pretty heavy on him even still. Like oh, yeah. he, he still thinks about that buck a lot. I think like, there's, I, there were some. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. You can't really project onto other people, but like just talking to him and then the exchanges I've had. You know, the times that we've talked about it, like it it legitimately like messed with his head and yeah. I, and. You know, there's there's probably some residuals from yeah. that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, my like my That's personal crazy. one though, I had a I had a tag on the Pond Scott when I was a youth and uh just a shitty hunter. Um I had a I had a big buck get away from me because I've I was just shooting like <laughs> shit. I missed him a couple times and just got away and never could <laughs> yeah. find him again. Mine's a mine's a simple like one, but that one with Brady, even yeah. though it wasn't my buck, like that is the one that one that got away. One that got away. God, my my Ponce buck when I was a when I was a uh, youth, it was a big deer. It was a really big deer. And like when I was 12, when I shot my very first buck, I think you, you don't think about things like mm-hmm. you just execute the shot. Yep. And I, my, I was 18 on the ponds and it's just like, I just over was overthinking. I knew what a big deer was then. Mm-hmm. I knew you, you were know, in your head. I, oh, I was in my head in a <laughs> huge way. Cause then, you know, I ended up shooting like a 170 buck on the last day and just yeah. crushed him four yeah. or 500 yards. Like it wasn't even, cause I didn't, didn't matter as much. It wasn't big. It yeah. wasn't, you know, yeah. I, you there's, know. there's a very real thing. Like if you find an animal, you put a lot of time and effort into it. it it's, uh, it almost becomes a whole separate thing. Yeah. When you do get close to that animal, it's heightened. You're, you're just your sense. You build it up in your head way more way than any overhyped. other animal. Way over. Yeah. Yeah, as I was thinking about it, I don't know. We and we we probably wrap up here in a sec, but uh, no, we need to know the one that got away from you. <laughs> oh, gotcha, um, man. I've I've missed a few. Uh, I missed a bull in Arizona a couple of years on a late hunt, which is a really hard hunt. It was on my own. I'd, I'd been out there, you know, maybe ten days, and hadn't really been close to close to a bull. Um, didn't really have a chance. I finally put this bull to bed. He was a six by seven, probably like a three ten kind of bull. Nice bull, good six. That have been you know six by seven that I'd been really pumped to have, and mm. you know I played him perfectly. Bet on this little knoll, and um, he fed up this little little drainage, came right to me. I you know and I executed a great shot. I just made an error in uh, just made an error in range, and I just I executed probably one of the best shots I've ever. What executed. happened with the range? Ranging something behind him or in front? No. Of him? So I think what had happened is I'd been sitting there in the sun and I finally kind of inched my way up and over and kind of beside this uh, big juniper in the shade. And I think what happened is my range finder, it's a Leica range finder. So it's got the angle compensation, but you have to wait just like a split second after it gives you the true range to give you the compensator. And it was a downhill shot. Uh, I think I shot him for 65 yards and I think it was, it was pretty steep cut. So he's probably closer to like 56, something like that. So I just skimmed the top, gave him a haircut right across the top of his back. But I missed that bull. I remember hiking to the top of the hill that night and just like sitting there and just like so disgusted with myself. I was, yeah. pretty, I was pretty, I was pretty beat up that I just worked my ass off to get one opportunity. And that's the thing with the bow. I mean, same thing. You're talking yeah. to you and Brady the thing with the bow and arrow, you might hunt 10 days and have one chance, yep. you know, and that might be it. And if you can't execute in that moment, it's pretty disheartening, like kind of, kind of gotcha. But I don't know. There was one antelope hunt. I had a New Mexico antelope tag, and I had this buck called Waldo that I liked. He was probably where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? <laughs> That's it. Because every day I was like, where can I find this buck Waldo? Yeah. And he had fourteen does. Ooh. And uh, I hunted. Guys him. living right. Yeah. Stuck. Yeah. He had all the does. Um. But I hunted him the entire hunt every day, and every morning it was like, all right, where's Waldo? We got to find yeah. Waldo. I had my dad with me. Um. But I 
I don't remember how many stocks I put on Waldo. It had to have been 15. So <laughs> <laughs> I love antelope. Yeah. It had to have been 15 stocks on Waldo. And three different times I was within 60 yards of that buck. And all three times he or his does busted me trying to draw my bow. And I wanted that buck really bad because he was just so heavy. Yeah. And I love antelope. It's the best. I've gotten to just That's why I love antelope. You yeah, can put that many stocks yeah, on one. Yeah, Lorenzo's antelope wall. If you guys are ever, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you come to the showroom here, you should. No, I won't yeah. throw that out there. I was going to say people should make a special request hey, to see your yeah, antelope. I'm all wall. for it. Lorenzo's antelope it. wall is something to behold. So I check love it out. But yeah, I, I couldn't kill Waldo. All three times I got busted trying to draw on that buck. I could get. It was so frustrating because like I could get within range. I'm like. 55 yards one time i was 42 yards you know one time i was like 63 yards all three times you know either on my belly or flat on my back you know because it's just prairie country and just so many eyes you know antelope just pick up every tiny bit of movement you know Mm -hmm. it was just so frustrating to be that close and again it goes back to that thing like when you build it up in your head like this is the animal that i really want yeah you know i've driven all this way but all this time and effort like i really want this animal and then to not be able to even like get to full draw and execute a shot it was yeah it was rough but you learn i mean you learn about yourself yeah you know? i got i got one like that in new mexico as well did, yeah but a little a little different that's why it's not necessarily the one you know the one that got away like that ponce buck for me because i still mm. have he was all palmated called him he looked like a moose buck um so that one eats at me because i could have that one i mean mm-hmm. i had him in my scope i just i was being an idiot <laughs> overconfident overthinking yeah. you know all that shit but in new mexico two three years ago with clay hill um you know i i always try to do a hunt with clay outside mm-hmm. of his guiding yes yeah. you know so him and i can you, actually hunt together whether it be new mexico or mm-hmm. mexico it's kind of the front end or back end of his seasons and so we went to new mexico and uh you know we're we're hunting seeing a lot of a lot of good bucks not nothing great i ended up killing a decent buck anyways but you know good bucks high 70s but nothing mm-hmm. nothing crazy well there was a buck on the private that would hang right on the fence line to the open where we were and I hunted that buck every single day. I like I wasn't even thinking about shooting some because I told Clay, I'm like, man, that's that's it for that's me. Him. Like that's yeah. him. And he's gonna cry. I mean, it's they're rutting. God, there's like, so many gonna, of them. And like he never that. had does. He never yeah. had does. And I'm like, that's that's him. We hunted for the, this five day hunt. And I'm like, this is literally first like scouting night before the first day we find this buck. I'm like, the, he has no does with him. Tons of does on on our side. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, none, I couldn't find any does on the private. And he was just kind of hanging out at the base of this like pinnacle, like this, uh, you know, kind of knoll, pinnacle knoll, but at the very bottom and right on the fence line. And for five straight days, I would watch that buck at morning, noon, and night. Never was interested in does, never crossed the fence. Mm-hmm. I even got to a point where I made a call to the ranch, to the to the private, yeah. like tried to find the, the private. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I'm like, hey man, you know, I could, I could probably. What do you charge for antelope? I could probably afford, you know, an antelope hunt yeah. to go to go kill that. Like, I, I don't see any hunters. You have this giant buck. He's like, well, the guy who has this place swings a pretty heavy bat. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. well, that's not good. He's like, yeah, I don't cross that one. I don't think list. so. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, so there's just no option. Like, you don't even have hunters here. The hunt's over in you know four days, three days, two days. Call them every day. And he's like, no, like. 
these guys don't. So he they was don't just care. never cross. And he just ne- and he I'm never not did. kidding. I have I have so much video of this buck, and he is on the fence. Like I mean, on the fence, looking at does, mm-hmm. looking at the other bucks, and just never crossed. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night, watched him every day. So I was thinking about this on the way down. Like and that buck, I really, really, wanted. really wanted. Really wanted. Yeah, I was thinking about a just a giant typical four point that I hunted again. Yeah. Never could. I remember one day. I would hit this glassing knoll, couldn't find that buck, couldn't find him, just day after day after day, couldn't find him. Yeah. Uh, the one day I remember I rolled back off my my overlook and I'm kind of hoofing it back over and I run into these two guys and the guy's like, hey, I got a flat on my, my ATV and he's like, we don't have anything to fix it. You know, is there any way you could give us a ride down to the highway? And I was like, sure, yeah, I can do that. And uh, He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hunting deer. And he's like, oh, you see anything? And he's like, dude, I saw a giant this morning. And I was like, you did? Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, you did? Where? And he's like kind of showing me. And he's like, oh, I got some digiscope of him. And like he pulls it out and it's that buck. Like I'd looked for days and days and days of that buck. And just for whatever reason, that Can't day, 830 in the morning, that kid picked him up just over the drainage from me. Oh, man. So it's just like... That's the thing that keeps you going, though. It is. I totally agree. Yeah. And as I was thinking about this, there's a lot of those. There's yeah. a lot of those bucks that are just like saw once, you know, yep. couldn't find them, couldn't turn them up. Yeah, but. I have plenty of those, but like I didn't necessarily have a chance where they got sure, away. Sure. Like truly look yeah. at them, video and the whole deal, yep. you know? Yeah, but man, that's the thing that keeps you going. It really is. Well, we're almost there. Man, we're close. I should have been hunting. Yeah, tell me. Hunt. You're supposed to be hunting yeah, sheep just, you know, right now, I've had a lot, Yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out, which, you know, grateful for and appreciate it. Um, a lot of people listen to the podcast, kind of reaching out and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what was going on. So uh, I'll make a really long story short since it's been nothing but <laughs> stories today. And I've, I'm definitely guilty of telling like, you know, behind the scenes, extra cut stories. Yeah. I get made fun of all the time by my wife and everyone. I, my stories are crazy. Um, but anyways, I, I was feeling really sick. This is um, th- three days before you're supposed to leave, right? Four, four days. Four days. I actually, so I would have left. So I was feeling really sick on Sunday, and I was supposed to leave Saturday. Yeah. So this is, you know, that sixth day. And, uh, you know, I felt flu symptoms, but it was different, you know? Like, I don't know how to explain it. It just it felt, I felt like I had the flu. I hundred, you nauseous? Hundred, you puking? No, I, no. I don't puke. Oh, you have, don't? You ever seen, uh, you ever seen the, what's that basketball movie where, uh, with Will Ferrell? The oh, Tropics. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that movie? Uh, when he said he doesn't puke and he got in the oh, coach. Yeah, Cause I you remember. ever been punching the Dijun? Tropic, no, Tropic, no, Tropics. It's not Tropic Thunder. He plays for the Tropics though. God, it'll come to me. Anyway. Look it up on the computer. It, he plays for the Tropics. Yeah. Anyways, like with the grizzly bear. And yeah. The it's a running joke. <laughs> yeah. It's a running joke and semi-pro. <laughs> it's a running joke in my family. What's his name? What's the character's name in that? Jackie Moon. Jackie Moon. Like they call me Jackie Moon because I don't puke. And I can't remember the last time. And, uh, but I had a stomach ache, like flu style stomach ache mm-hmm. coming out the other end, but not like, not terrible, not, you know, not like a stomach bug flu or something like that. Right. Um, I, I figured maybe I had a little bit of food poisoning over the weekend cause I just had some really weird cramps in my stomach. Yeah. This is Sunday and I couldn't, I couldn't really eat, which is not like me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of a known thing how much I eat around the <laughs> office and how often I eat. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't eat, couldn't drink nothing. And this, so this was Sunday and then. Monday, I come into work. I woke up to go to the gym that morning, and that's when I I 
posted uh, on Instagram, like, man, I can't remember the last time I felt this shitty in mm-hmm. the morning, like to go into the gym. I couldn't even finish my workout, which is not like me because I'm I'm a fucking meathead. You're, and I'll, you're, you're I'll feeling push, bad. Yeah, and I'll injure myself mm-hmm. when I should have just listened to myself. Like that's my mentality. Right. And I, it's just, you know, I'm a dumbass meathead and that's kind of what I've, what I've done in the past. But I literally couldn't even move. I'm like halfway through the squat. We, were, we had legs that day, me and my two brother-in-laws. And I got halfway through it and I'm like, I literally, this feels like a million pounds. Like I can't even mm-hmm. lift it. I can't, I, I can't move. Like I just feel so shitty. So I, I, halfway through the workout, I mean, I got a sweat going. So I, you know, sometimes you get the flu, you think you just get a sweat going, yeah. push it out 24 hour bug mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I went over and laid on the mat and, uh, I ended up falling asleep, which is also not like me at all. So it <sighs> kind of woke me up like, Hey man, we're done. You all right? I'm like, fuck it. I was weird. Yeah. Like I, this is weird for me to fall yeah, asleep after I'm weird. already up, you know? Yeah. So I go over to my house and I get ready for work and I'm feeling pretty shitty and I come into work. Um, Porter walks into my office and is like, dude, you look like shit. I'm mm. like, well, I feel like shit, so <laughs> she might want to stay away. I got a, I had a lunch meeting to go to. Porter's pretty adamant about oh, that. Yeah. He was the only way He's to like, stick around stay away from me. Yeah, I'm get like, away from me. I'm telling you how I look, you just, how you say I just look, that's how I feel, just yeah. so you know. So I went to a lunch meeting, couldn't eat, kind of like had some cold sweats. I ended up going home. I got started to run 103 fever, like 103.5 fever, getting crazy chills, like like ground shaking chills Ugh. all through the night that night I was trying to sleep woke my wife up with chills and then I told her like four in the morning I told her I said you got to go heat the shower up like I can't I cannot stop shaking yeah like, you got to go go get the shower as hot as it can Ugh. go and heat it up so I went in there like a sauna and tried to warm back up warmed up got out same thing got crazy chills again 103 fever called an IV guy because in Vegas you know yep. you can call those to your door IV guys yep. I figured I was so dehydrated at this time so he came over he's like man your symptoms are pretty violent. Like if you, if this doesn't work, you promised me you're going to the hospital. You're not going to call us back. I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, I got to go sheep hunting. I got work. He goes, I'm <laughs> telling you, if you tell me you're not going to the hospital, I'm not doing this. I'm like, all right, fine. So he gives me this huge shot of, of IV monoclonal antibodies and Myers cocktails and you know, all the, all the B vitamins to try to flush everything out. Some stomach, um, some like nausea medicine, um, all, all kinds of stuff. In 20 minutes, I felt like decent. I wouldn't even say good, but like decent. Better. And then it came right back 20 minutes later. Like I'm wow. cold, hot, sweaty, fever, the whole thing. I'm like, all right. I couldn't, I was so sick. I couldn't drive. Like I couldn't lift my, I couldn't look up. I was like real hunched over and I couldn't look up. I got a really bad headache. So I told my mother-in-law, I'm like, hey, can you drive me to the hospital? She said, yeah, no problem. Drives me to the hospital. It's a my, hard call to make as a dude. Yeah, it is. I haven't it's, been to the hospital in ages. It's really tough. And yeah. what was Sounds motivating weird. me, though, was I was leaving for a sheep, sheep hunt. hunt. This yeah. is now Tuesday, so now in four days, <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving for a sheep hunt. If you're not leaving for a sheep hunt, so you, you write that out for another week, probably. Because I have a very good contact at a ho- that the, the she runs the hospital. She's CEO of the hospital, yeah. so I can text her and like get some favors. You know what I mean? So I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm coming in. Like, I just need some intravenous drugs run some tests on mm-hmm. me like i got i have to know what's going on because i leave in four days i gotta shoot my bow like running through yeah. all this stuff right and that's all that's on on my head is like i don't want to lose i, I gotta don't get better go into this hunt week you know i gotta get better so just you know hook me up she's like all right come in i'll get you in the er and we'll flush you out and all this stuff so the doctor comes in and looks at me yeah i've had two other people come in really shitty symptoms yada, yada, whatever i wasn't feeling any better though when they gave me the intravenous drugs nothing 
And the doctor kept pushing on my stomach and he's like, does that hurt? I said, yeah, I mean, doesn't feel good, but it's not yeah. like sending me. And I'm kind of getting frustrated at this point because I feel like they, I, I, you know, we kind of, you feel like they're not listening to you. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm telling you it's the flu, but I've had the flu a lot. This doesn't feel like yeah, the flu not kind the of flu. thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also not the best com communicator either. So I'm just kind of like, hey, I need to go on the sheep hunt. Like, <laughs> give me some shit, you know, more saying that than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, next thing I know, they take me to the CT scan to, to take pictures of my stomach. Well, the scan comes back and, you know, my contact with the hospital texts me and goes, hey, it's not good. You're not going anywhere. I'm like, oh, man, well, what God the fuck does that mean? Right. Yeah. So then the doctor shows up and then the ER doctor, all these doctors start showing up. Do you have any history of blood clots? Any history? Of this is I'm like, no, not that I know of what, what is going on. Oh, we think you have a blood clot in your artery to your intestines and your intestines are losing blood flow. So they're dying. And that's oh. like very dangerous, yeah. right? Like go septic, mm -hmm. the whole thing. And the only, there's only one way to know we got to go in your stomach. You're either, you either have it or you don't, but like, this isn't something to mess around with. So you're going into surgery. So the surgeons tell me the surgeon's on his way. You need to take off, get on the surgeon gown. Like we're wheeling you into surgery right now. Call my wife. I'm like, Hey, I'm going into emergency surgery. Like, I don't know what's going on. I thought I was coming here, thought I was going for yeah. drugs, right? Like just to flush it out for the sheep hunt. Next thing I know, I'm going into surgery, potentially coming out with colostomy bag and all kinds of stuff to let my guts like heal again from this blood clot. Yeah. And I'm asking them, like, how does this happen? I am healthy. Yeah. I don't eat bad. I don't like I'm healthy. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's That's, really rare. But every so often, like your heart will just throw off like a little flake of muscle or something. And maybe it just got caught right there in the artery. So I'm getting pissed. None of it's <laughs> making sense to me. But I am in pain and it's not going away. So they are making a little bit of sense. Mm -hmm. I go to the to the um, surgery room. Doctor meets me. Do you have any questions? I'm like, what is going on? Like that literally I my only question is what the hell is going on? He's like, I don't know. But your scans are not good. And I'm only going to know if we go in there. Yeah. They go in there. What what happened was I got appendicitis, but I had a rare presentation of I'm not a doctor by any means. I'm just telling you what they said, where my appendix started to like disease and it and it like retracted mm -hmm. behind my intestines so it like pulled back behind and that mm -hmm. was the pain that weird pain i was having yeah and uh i had appendicitis so, so they they write you hear people's appendix rupturing so right? mine didn't rupture didn't mine rupture. was leaking okay so it was like slow leaking a slow yeah a, a rupture would have been everyone would have known but like the presentation mm -hmm. of mine it it had retracted behind my intestines which is why it looked so crazy and it ended up being appendicitis. So they do surgery. So I should have just a little <clears throat> tiny thing right here and potentially still be going sheep hunting. Um, but no, I woke up with 11 staples and the recovery. Like I've never had surgery on my stomach, like mm -hmm. on guts and stomach. And this shit is not fun. <laughs> like I don't know any other way to say it, but like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Like having my abdomen wall and my intestines messed with. So. While he was in there, he's like, I wanted to do due diligence since I cut you open that way for appendicitis. So I pulled out all your intestines and I took biopsies and I hit him with a <laughs> blood flow and camera. He's just, tell, he's just telling this matter of fact. Yeah. So when he like rounded on me. I pulled out all your intestines yeah. and had a good look through. He, he rounded on me the next morning and I'm sitting I'm like, so what'd you do? He's like, well, I just tell him, I'm like, wait, like you had him out? He goes, literally on the table next you, to you. You feel violated? And I, and I did actually. <laughs> it's like I strung him out and your liver and this and that. So I hit him all with blood flows and biopsies. Oh my gosh. And we get to test it all now. So it's not a complete waste. We took your appendix out that way. Like now you're going to have peace of mind about your, your intestines and all that. All the biopsies came back great. It's all good. 
But uh, man, yeah, man, appendicitis, and I have eleven staples in my stomach, and the recovery. How the, crazy the recovery, is that? that and now the bottom of my incision is ripping open. Oh no! And I'm no. supposed to leave on an elk hunt in what thirty something days, and now the bottom of my incision I got is some ripping. Super glue in I was the truck texting, if you want to put that. <laughs> so I, I've been texting the doctor. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, hey, can I glue this? He's like, do not glue it. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, okay. You're like, I got some gorilla glue. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna do. Just, so, anyways, now I got to figure out why the hell this incision is ripping. Well, open. we're glad like, you're okay, man. And like, and me too. I mean, it's like I told you earlier. It's just crazy because I mean, the alternative is that happens three or four days later, and you're on, on a horse, horse eight hours and <laughs> eight the, hours yeah. in the back country. I mean, the alternative is man. Absolutely I was I was sick scary. though. I was really sick. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're feeling better. Thanks, man. Hopefully, no, I appreciate it. a bunch of people were reaching out. Yeah. So I wanted to give the full story. Hopefully, on you here. get on a sheep hunt. In that's the what everyone was asking. Like, oh man. So you have to reschedule the sheep hunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a call. I got a call with uh, the outfit this afternoon to try to figure out what to do. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it just goes to show you, man. You never know. You're healthy. You're in shape. Man, you eat was, well. Take care. Take good care of yourself. You just never know. I was in such good shape. You just don't know what's gonna happen. So. No, I had no. Idea. I mean, that literally talk about out of left field. Like that was that yeah. was nuts. Man. Well, we're glad so, you're good. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap this one up. We're probably. How off are we two hours? <laughs> God, Perfect. I didn't think we could talk that long, just you and I. <laughs> oh, I did. You did? Oh, yeah. You knew this yeah. would be a long one? <laughs> yeah. I knew we could talk. Well, and like I said, my storytelling gets a little long-minded. Mine, so. Mine too. No, I think it was good, man. I, I appreciate you. Uh, I just wanted to do this one. I thought it'd be fun. And I agree. I think totally in, agree. in my head, I had kind of an idea, and then it exceeded my own expectations. <laughs> yeah. It's always good when it does that. So I agree. hopefully people... You know, you, you got excited, and, and like I said, we're glad that you're feeling good. So we appreciate it. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll look forward to the next one.